I'm calling to get calling to order our meeting of the Park Recreation and Historical Commission on this day, February 2nd, 2023. Um, if anyone would like to say the Pledge of Allegiance with us, I think a flag is going to be showing here. So there we go. I pledge allegiance to the flag. United States of America. To the Republic, to the Republic which, stands, which stands, one nation, nation under God, under God and indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. We have a land acknowledgement that the Alameda County Park Rec and Historical Commission recognizes and appreciates the indigenous people who lived in this area for thousands of years in relative harmony. Liz, could you do our roll call, please? Sure. Uh, Commissioner Willis? Okay. Mute. Hold on. There you go. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, Commissioner Farley? Here. Commissioner Menard? I'm here. Commissioner Patterson? Present. Uh, Commissioner Schmelz said that he will arrive late today. He had a uh, another commitment, um, but he'll be arriving uh, during the meeting. And uh, Chair McKnight. I'm here. Okay, we have a quorum. Great, that's good news. So we should probably adopt our findings to continue holding our meetings here by teleconference and discuss changing, discuss changes affecting the use of teleconference participation in future meetings, including return to in-person meetings after expiration of the pandemic state of emergency on this upcoming February 28th, 2023. And I, I wanted to say that um, as you may have heard, as uh, your chair just said, the state uh, declared state of emergency is going to expire uh, the end of this month. And so um, that changes the laws about how you can conduct your meetings. Basically uh, after February 28th, um, you will no longer be able to, you as, you as commissioners will no longer be able to attend the meeting virtually uh, except under certain extreme circumstances um, where there's some, you know, emergency or unforeseen circumstance where you cannot attend in, in person. Um, before um, before the, the pandemic started, uh, this committee or this commission made it, I'll get it out, um, <laughs> met in the public works, the public hearing room in the um, the county building at 224 West Winton. Right. So that's that's where the planning department is located. Uh, it's right next to the police station and next to the, the courthouse. Um, I expect that that's where you'll be meeting, um, starting with your March meeting. Uh, as I've been uh, updating you occasionally, the, the county 
is in the process of trying to hold its meetings um, as hybrid meetings so that the members of the public can attend remotely and um, interact with your commission and you know see what you see in terms of PowerPoints and, and that sort of thing. Um, what I've been hearing is that the the technology is not quite there yet. Um, the, the, the systems they're testing out aren't quite ready to um, to use for public meetings. So I'm not sure what that will mean in terms of what will happen at your March meeting, if it will be entirely in person or if they will have um, uh, the hybrid system in, in place at that time. But I will keep you updated um, with both the, the location of the meeting and how it will be conducted, but you can expect to uh, attend the meeting in person um, starting at your March meeting. So if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them for you. Uh, I have one question, Liz. <laughs> I'm sorry, Linda, I got in. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, in the past, uh, the commission itself has declared uh, where we're going to hold a meeting. Uh, is the county now suddenly mandating that we meet there or uh, do we have a choice? Uh, it's it's not mandating. I'm just saying that's typically where you've met. So that's I, I just assume that would be likely where you would continue to meet on a regular basis. I know that you would uh, sometimes have a, a, a field trip to a special location or, or something like that. Um, but your your regular meeting room has been uh, in the, um, the, the county building on Winton. If you have some other ideas of where you'd like to meet, we can look into that and, and check on availability. It, it may depend on um, whether the the hybrid technology is in place and how portable it is in terms of taking it to other locations. I, I know in the past I have one question: Do we need a parking pass? Oh yes. Uh yeah, and we provide those. Another question: We we used to get a very small stipend for attending the meetings. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that stipend was for gas or if it was for just being on the commission and doing our volunteer work, but um, what happened to that and would it be reinstated if we have to meet in person? I believe it was for to, to compensate for traveling to the meeting. Uh -huh. um, and I, I assume because you would keep you would start to travel to the meetings again that, that the stipend would come back. Okay. Um, and if anyone, if there were a member who's disabled who could not drive to the meeting or who was burdened with driving to the meeting, could they um, be a, a panelist uh, virtually or not? Was that come up? <laughs> well, so there are two ways that uh, a commissioner could attend virtually. One is, as I said, there would have to be some extraordinary circumstances. You know, you're in Cincinnati and you, your flight was canceled or you, you know, you broke your leg so you can't come, but you're um, 
you're able to sit in a chair and, and watch the meeting. Um, the other one is under the old Brown Act rules, there are some fairly onerous provisions that allow you to attend virtually. Um, you would have to um, post and you would have to uh, inform the the county ahead of time that you would not be able to uh, attend in person. You would have to post an agenda outside the location where you're going to be attending the meeting from, mm -hmm. and you have to uh, allow members of the public to come into where you're meeting virtually and uh, basically have them watch the meeting and participate with you. So if you are in your house, mm -hmm. you would need to be willing to let members of the public into your house. Mm -hmm. um, so it yeah. presents problems. It, it's yeah. not impossible, but it, it's, you know, not, not easy to comply with. Okay, so just to recap, <clears throat> on our, for our next meeting, we're meeting in Hayward, where we used to meet. That's that's the re that's the well, that's my most likely. Well, <laughs> the the certain thing is that you will be meeting in person. Most likely, you'll be meeting in Hayward, um, in the the room, the room that you previously to, yeah. met in. Okay. All right. And, as we I said, it, how that works as we go. Yeah, so I will. I'll let you know as I know more about hybrid capability and. So I have an idea. So instead of so since next meeting we're not going to have to have this this action item to approve this teleconferencing thing. Why don't we add an item to discuss the issues regarding re meeting in per, in person, including stipends including do is this the location that we do want to meet make sure that everybody has their parking pass you know because it's in the very beginning of the meeting <laughs> so you know all of the things that we brought up now can we just create a line item in our next agenda so when we are meeting in person we can discuss these things fuller because we won't have answers before then right well you'll uh, we'll have to send you your parking pass and determine whether right. it'll be hybrid meeting or not and uh, you know location of the meeting and, and so a lot of those things will be worked out before the meeting um, I guess we can have an item to provide an opportunity to, to discuss if there's anything that that we missed or um, any issues that you see it seems like we could discuss now like well do we want to meet there do we not but it seems to me like why don't we just meet there next month and then figure out if that's the place we want to keep meeting while we're there i mean i don't know i don't know i just kind of want to get yeah. on meeting <laughs> and, and and to a large extent it depends on again the availability of of the hybrid technology it may be available in the public hearing room it could be that it's available i i know they're they're working on putting it into Castro Valley Library and San Lorenzo Library. So, but you're saying that that's going to be required that we use the hybrid technology. That we're not allowed to meet anywhere where the public can actually actually show up. No, the I thought that the hybrid I, technology was so that the public could con the teleconference I, into our meetings. 
it's it's so the public can choose whether they want to actually show up in the meeting room or join through um, join remotely. So hybrid means right. The the public can do either one. Okay. But you as commissioners will need to attend in person. Right. Okay. I think I understand. Um, so um, why don't we show up at the meeting? Uh, well, are you saying that you think there's a chance that we won't be able to schedule the meeting for next month in that space because we haven't scheduled it already? I mean, like secured the space that we usually meet in or is that going to be okay? No, that, that should be fine. I think the determining factor as to whether you meet there or somewhere else would have to be, would be the availability of the hybrid technology. Okay, so if it's not available, then we will be given a suggestion of somewhere else to meet. No. Yeah, so I, what I'm saying, it, you know, it, it's up in the air right now. We will let you know before the next meeting where the meeting will be and you know it'll be in a reasonable distance from the um from everyone the, the, the winton avenue building it you know won't be out in the far reaches of the county won't be in sonola or so long as it's not in the jail i'm okay <laughs> okay well then um would anyone like to um Uh, make a motion regarding this action, this action item on our agenda. Uh, you should ask if there is any public. Oh, yeah. Any public comment about this? Yes, you're absolutely right. I should. Forgive me. Forgive uh, me. There are no raised hands. Wonderful. Well, I mean, not wonderful, but okay. <laughs> so will we have a, will we be able to get a parking pass when we show up? Just let us know if we're meeting there at all, and then yeah, we are either, you we will either we'll either mail it to you ahead of time or uh, give it to you when you arrive. Show up, okay. <coughs> and then, is there any change? In, I mean, this is small small change, but when we were talking about the budget, it seems to me that people come from Fremont or further out, you know, besides Hayward or Castro Valley, that's a long trip to to this. Is a mileage changed or? Um, you know, the gas prices certainly have changed since we started meeting remotely. Yeah, maybe a little review of how that stipend is going to work when you send us the parking. Yeah, I, I don't know how that's determined, so that's something I can look into. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be important to me too. Especially so. if we're trying to encourage new members, it's kind of a, you know, <laughs> that's a long drive for some people yeah. from the outer county, Livermore, Fremont. Yeah, that'd be me. For said. For said, yeah. Yeah. So, any um, anybody want to make a motion on this action item? No. Okay. Well, then I guess nothing's happening. Nothing. We can't get this passed. We we disagree. We agree to disagree. Come on, buddy. We have to vote on it, don't we? Yes, I move that we adopt the findings. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I second. Wonderful. Um, Liz, would you like to do roll call on this? Okay. Commissioner Willis? Yes. Commissioner Farley? Yes. <coughs> Commissioner Menard? Yes. Commissioner Patterson? Yes. And Chair McKnight? Yes. Thank you very much. So I think the ayes have it. 
And um, so the next thing that we will do is open up our public forum to any attendees that are here. Um, if you have anything you'd like to say about something that's not on our agenda already, um, you'll have three minutes and you could digitally raise your hand and Liz will open up the space for you. Ann Maris, you can go ahead. Hi, thank you, Ann Maris here. I wanted to uh, mention a historic building to the commission that uh, I don't see on the agenda. And it's the um, it's owned by the county. It's the Cherryland Firehouse um, located at the corner of Meekland and Grove Way. That firehouse was declared surplus um, uh, by the Board of Supervisors probably a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And um, went up for auction a few months ago and then uh, there were no bids and now it's really unclear what's gonna happen to that building. And I feel that uh, some involvement and recommendations from your commission would be helpful because it's considered, um, you know, by the discussion that I've heard from uh, the county and, um, and uh, the realtor is it's sort of considered a, a useless building because it's so old and potentially requires retrofits. To my knowledge, there's been no specifics of uh, what it requires, but it's not condemned. Um, the firemen love the building and I've spoken to leadership in the Cherryland Community Association and uh, on the EMAC and they, everyone I've spoken to is in favor of preserving the building for community. It's right across the street from a big hard park, Cherryland Park. So it has a lot of potential there and there's historic stuff about sewage connections there. It's in the former Meek estate area. Um, it was built by the residents on the weekends during World War II. And uh, Vic Hubbard, the it was Vic Hubbard's land. Vic Hubbard was the first fire chief and you may have heard of him because he uh, is involved in race car stuff and Way, yeah. uh, next door is the Vic Hubbard machine shop um, and I guess it's not run by a Hubbard anymore it went to like his son-in-law but that that building just I, I believe it should be preserved and so I want to speak in in favor of uh, asking the county to um, consider a proposal from community members that they have not received yet thank you you're welcome that's interesting information. Um, yeah, I didn't. Um, I read a little bit about that in your uh, in your email, uh, Dr. Maris. Uh, do you happen to know the size of that building, or approximately? Um, the uh, the part the the building. Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to look. It's it's not very big though. It's small. And the parcel is, a, I believe, 0.16 acres. So it's tiny, it's fully concreted. And uh, the building had living quarters upstairs with the kitchen, and then the tall ceiling downstairs for the fire trucks. And, uh, and then there's the roof. And uh, so basically it's two stories and, and not large, like it would fit two trucks side by side and then have room to walk next to them. So if that gives you any idea. No. But there, there is a broker and he has all the details. I just, I don't have it right in front of me. 
So I'm curious, the um, idea that is being tossed around is that the county keep it or that it still go be purchased by some other it, entity? I, I have to say, we're not supposed to be discussing this if you're oh, interested in putting it in your on your next agenda. Okay, then um, I could do that. We can do that, but we we can't discuss items uh, during open forum. Okay, well, can I ask the question of whether or not she, to clarify if she wanted or was expressing that the community association wanted to make a presentation regarding this? Is that what you had said at sort of near the end, something like that? I'm willing that's to the case, we'll put it on the agenda. I, I'm willing to make a presentation if the commission is interested. Okay. Um, well, all I could do is propose to put it on the agenda. So can we put a presentation for like a make a, I don't know, how about a five to 10 minute present, seven and a half minute presentation by Dr. Maris at their next meeting. Can we agenda okay. that? Um, could you make it the Cherryland Community Association and I'll, I'll talk to them about Wonderful. we would present. That works for me. Okay, thanks. Do we have space on our agenda for next month? Uh, I think so. Great. Yeah. Well, then we will add that to the agenda. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Okay. So now that, um, does anyone else have, um, the audience have anything they want to discuss in the open forum? I see no other raised hands. Okay. Well then let's move on to approving the minutes from our last meeting. I have a question. Oh, um, so I wanted to bring, I had um, emailed um, information about the last tank house in Castro Valley um, slated for demolition. Is open forum the time to bring that up since it's not on the agenda or do we discuss it as new business later on in the agenda? Well, it, it's not on the agenda, so we can't discuss it under uh, new business. Um, okay. You could bring it up under uh, commission reports, okay. commissioner reports, um, and suggest to that, it, uh, that it be added to the next agenda. Okay, thank you. Great. Well, then um, we will move on to approving the minutes from our last meeting. Does anyone have any corrections or? Yes, I have a correction. Um, and I was absent from that meeting on old business item two. It says Commissioner Menard said it would be very expensive. That needs to be at a previous meeting said it was very expensive. Good point. Anyone, anyone, any other corrections? I don't have any. I don't either. So any motion to approve the minutes? I move we approve the minutes as corrected. One second. I second. Wonderful. Would you like to do roll call, Liz, please? Sure. Uh, Commissioner Willis? Uh, yes. Commissioner Farley. Aye. Commissioner Menard. Yes. Commissioner Patterson. Yes. And Chair McKnight. Yes. Minutes are adopted unanimously. Okay. Great. Um, do you have any staff reports, Liz? I do not. 
And I do not have a chair report. So let's move on to new business. Hey, we have no new business. So let's discuss some old business. <clears throat> uh, number one on our agenda is the proposed historic district in the vicinity of A and Ruby Streets on Grove Way and San Lorenzo Creek. This has been continued from our last meeting and it is a potential action item. And it would be great if we could get a subcommittee update. How have you guys been doing? Uh, well, I'll speak for the subcommittee. We haven't done anything because A Street is closed. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, Dr. Maris has uh, put together uh, uh, an email. I think she sent that um, and CC'd you, uh, Piper, on that. Yes. Uh, so uh, it is interesting that um, in light of uh, and certainly Dr. Maris spells that out in her email, uh, in light of what the state is thinking of uh, in terms of San Lorenzo Creek, uh, long-term planning, uh, what Alameda County is planning to do in terms of repairing A Street. Uh, sounds like everything in that area uh, is subject to further discussion and further planning. Uh, I don't even know, I haven't heard anything about um, how they plan on repairing A Street, much less what it's going to look like um, in light of um, this committee and the planning committee and San Lorenzo Creek. And it's- uh, It take a long time to get done. Yeah, it feels very dynamic right now. Yeah, this uh, this particular area that we are focusing on is getting going to be getting a lot of attention um, in the immediate future by a lot of different jurisdictional players in the game. So it should be interesting. I would like this committee to at least be involved um, in those discussions or, or part of those discussions or be communicated as to uh, some of the, the plans. Uh, I think we're a significant element in uh, in its um, inception and its planning. Certainly, we were involved in many discussions by hard um, uh, you know, by just by virtue of being involved in in the the, the warehouse that they want to turn into a restaurant. So, I I, I would like us to to play an active role in, in what, what happens. I, I, I feel like, you know, we were part of that discussion before the rains and we should certainly be involved afterwards. Do you have anything to add to that, Linda? Yeah, uh, Jim, I, I just want, you said you would like this committee to be involved. Did you mean the commission? Subcommittee. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, yes, I believe the commission, not okay. the committee, but the commission should be involved. We certainly were asked uh, to listen to a number of presentations, uh, discussions, um, you know, uh, from many of the, the, the people that spoke to us. So, I, I, yes, the commission, not the committee. Okay, good. Thank you for the clarification. And then does this have any impact on this, all these different plans for rebu rebuilding the road have any impact on the proposed Ruby Street Meadow um, apartments or is that? They're too far away from each other, aren't they? 
Well, I'd like to Dr. Maris's letter to um, uh, the, uh, in fact, I was going to invite the gentleman uh, to our field trip um, that I postponed um, since, uh, and, and James, you know, your, your suggestion of looking at other places is still a good suggestion. It just seems like all the roads are closed. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Maris did send an email, I forget, to the one of the Alameda County um, uh, street um, maintenance people. Uh, public works or? Public works. And, okay. and inviting him to, um, uh, that might not be the, the, the best word, but inviting him to be um, um, public in terms of inclusiveness and uh, you know what whatever they planned on there was this commission that also had some ideas so right. I, I liked her her email her letter uh, to public works and um i've yet to hear or see anything from alameda county regarding that so the letter was sent she the, the there, she's just waiting for a response as far as you know or is she just as far talking? as i know yeah i mean okay. certainly she's nothing has come you know, through this committee or, uh, and, and like I said, I haven't heard anything from Alameda County as to what the plan is on on repairing that. Um, and they they have a lot of roads and they have a, I mean, heck, Crow Canyon still isn't open. So um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot on their plate. Uh, I, have a I just want to, sorry, I just want to mention real quickly that uh, Commissioner Schmeltz has arrived. Just Hello. to get that <laughs> on the record. Thank you. Liz, who's our lead agency on that? Uh, Public Works. Public Works? Okay. I would I, I I haven't been involved at all, but I, I would assume it would be um the roads division and then also flood control. And your question. I James? have a question, Liz. Go ahead. Um I heard that we didn't qualify for federal funding. Is this true? Because uh, we didn't make the monetary uh, threshold? I, I I don't know. I haven't heard about that. Federal funding for what? To I fix, the, to fix the road? About... Yeah, for the amount of damage that happened in Alameda County. I guess we don't have enough damage compared to the other county. Oh, I see. Is what, what I've heard. Even though we have three roads that are closed right here, like Chabot Road, Crow Canyon, and A Street. <laughs> and Niles. And Niles Canyon, yeah. And Norris yeah. Canyon from. Right, that's right. Well, that's a shame because, you know, circulation is a very important element in our overall general plan for our community. Yeah. Wow. I just looked at. Um, you can you can uh, Google it Alameda County road closures and mm -hmm. you can either look at the list which is extensive or the map which has a lot of red lines. Um, uh, but it is significant. Uh, I'm struck that we didn't meet some minimum threshold because the the map just looks terrible. Uh, you know we're Alameda County suffered quite a bit. Um, so, and certainly A Street is significant. You can't, you can't travel eastbound on A Street. 
Um, yeah. So that's unfortunate. So um, is the subcommittee going to meet again before um, our next meeting? Do you have, are you still making your map? Uh, I'm waiting on Dr. Maris, uh, who is uh, putting together a map and, and a presentation. Again, that was in her email. So um, I'm, I'm waiting on that. Um, we should have a, uh, at least an update um, via email um, for the next meeting. But I, I don't plan on meeting per se until well, I, just, I don't. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that it's really important. I mean, I think being able to utilize um, Dr. Maris's in, intense knowledge and dedication to this subject, being able to utilize her knowledge for um, the work that we're doing to try to come up with how our commission can best interface with these, this topic, um, to remember that to use her as a consultant and not put her into the lead action because, you know, position because, you know, we're supposed to be doing the work for, for being the commission and she's supposed to be consulting us about, to give us, you know, better, a wider breadth of knowledge about the subject. So I just, I just want to protect her interests and the commission's interests at the same time by, by remembering that she's, you know, don't make her do all the work. <laughs> That's all I have to say, you know, she's got a lot on her plate as it is. And I, so do we, I'm not saying that we don't, but, um, I'm kind of interested in what you think as a subcommittee, like as a subcommittee, what you guys think the area should be, that should be considered. Now, if that's based on a delineation that, that Dr. Maris came up with, that's fine. But I am very curious geographically to know what the boundaries, or, you know, tentative idea of boundaries are for this space. And I kind of think it would be helpful for us to give it a, sorry about the noise in the background. Um, to give it a tentative um, working name, you know, not any sort of final name, but like give the district a working name, um, just so that we can make it easier to discuss, if you understand what I mean. So, for, for example, I've never been too particularly fond of the moniker, the Eden area, for <laughs> the Eden area. Um, I've always just preferred it to be called Eden just drop the area part, like call it Eden. I like Eden for this area. However, that's not the area we're specifically talking about. We're talking about a little chunk out of there. So because it's associated with Ruby Street, do we want to call it the Ruby District for now? I, I mean, it's just a thought. I'm, it's a working title. I think the subcommittee should probably discuss that and bring yeah. so work on that. a couple of names to the commission when the that sounds perfect it. like i don't yeah, need a good to, idea good yeah. idea i just am thinking that i having this in district in the vicinity of this it's just a long name if we could just working sure. title condense it down a little bit that'd be great because i after a couple months you know i kind of like want a generalized vision of where it is what the point is, and then we can fill in the specifics as we go along. Is what I'm thinking. I did propose I general map, but like I said, I did I did want to hear back from Dr. Maris regarding um, some other uh, of the areas that she find uh, she and uh, a number of historians from Castro Valley found um, to be relevant and important to the area. Um, Great. You know, uh, so I'll set up. Um, 
uh, a meeting for the subcommittee uh, next week. And uh, we can uh, review Dr. Maris's email and her suggestions. We can look at the, the outline, the, the map um, uh, geographical area that I proposed, and we should have an update um, for our next meeting at Winton Boulevard. That's, that's a great. I idea. think it's still important to go on a field trip and, and see the surrounding area so we know what's part of the, so we can get a visual look of the district. Are you going to take a boat and then meet us there? No. It depends. You know, it depends on where we meet. You know, some yeah. of us could meet on one side and not get to reach over and meet the other people. So we'll all have to. I think we'll have to meet at Trader Joe's essentially because you can go westbound on on A Street. But we'll we'll uh, I'll set up a meeting uh, for the subcommittee uh, early next week. And we'll do a Zoom and we can discuss all this, including our field trip. Okay, that sounds good because I think the field trip still is a very good idea, even though it has its you know, transportation challenges. But I do think it's a great idea and we should still do okay. it. Great. I have a comment and a question. Go for it. Okay, my first comment is uh, thank you to Jim Patterson for keeping the momentum going for all this. Um, and he's, he's really been very diligent about uh, working with Dr. Maris and James to and, and me uh, to keep you know to keep this on track, and I, I really appreciate all the work everybody's been doing so far, but especially you, Jim, for keeping it going. So, uh, and my question is is to Liz, um, given the pretty stringent amount of of uh, historical research that everybody is going to put into this, is it likely that some uh, office from the county, I don't know if it's uh, economic development or somebody would actually have the funds, have the interests and have the desire to actually make signage for these proposed historic areas in this district. So, and, you know, is that, is that likely to happen? I, I, it okay. depends on what you're, you're talking about. Um, and maybe it maybe the cost can be shared somewhat. Um, for example, at previous meetings, you talked about asking hard to put interpretive signage along the the creek trail. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe hard would have some funds as part of uh, either the the creekway plan or the um, the foothill trail. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe they could put in some, you know, pay for some signage um, related to the trails. Maybe the county could fund some signage in other locations, um, might be able to kind of piece something together. And because you mentioned public works did some other, like the plaques, like the plaque thing we were talking about putting in the ground. So if we wanted to do signage in the sidewalk, we would talk to them, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, maybe maybe public works can put some money in. Maybe uh, CDA can put some money in. Uh, public works would be the ones that would actually put the plaques in the sidewalk if if we were going to do that. So right. yeah, it, I think we you know, we might be able to kind of cobble something together. Great. Thank you. Uh, a question. Yeah. Do we have? Um, 
access to uh, information or updates on all these road closures and, and what Public Works intends to do, what their plan of action is. It's, it's just so significant for Alameda County. And clearly the Ruby Street area is significant for us and our involvement in it. Um, is there a, a way to get an update from Public Works on, on what's happening with all these road closures and road repairs? And that question is directed to Liz. Um, I I don't know what their process is for you know, just deciding how they're going to repair a, a street or a road, but that's something we can look into. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, well, we didn't specifically talk about the text for the hat, the proposed plaque on the hatchery building. Um, but I thought actually we discussed it being near the hatchery building, but not on it. Am I wrong about that? Something that actually was like facing the building instead of on the building. I don't know. Maybe I. I, maybe I my recollection is we were talking about both. There oh. was when um, the the people who are planning to uh, refurbish the building came. Um, uh, I, I believe he actually asked for texts for a plaque to put on the building saying, you know, the, the maybe the year the, the building was built and what it was used for and, and you know, kind of a little um, historic summary specific to the building. And then there was also some discussion about not related to the building, but, uh, you know, putting sides signage like along the trail or or in the little plaza or you know little park area that Hart is planning to provide and you know, maybe some other locations so I, I, I my recollection was that there was a, you know talk about both putting a plaque on the building specific to the building and then putting signage elsewhere as well mm -hmm. and somebody was maybe going to check with uh, Hayward historical society to try to I think that was me I was supposed to do that and uh Ann Maris in her email also you know suggested kind of the, the you know the basics you know how long was it in operation when did it you know <clears throat> who is some of the owners some of that but I'm, I'm just wondering if it, at this point if it's if it's too soon to start looking at, ver at verbiage um since we don't even know what's happening with the uh, you know the area or if there is going to be a, a park along a sign along the trail or not um right i, I understand so, i mean i will um rick kelly who is the person that has this book about uh the history of castor valley um i can certainly you know get the details of the history of that building uh, that uh that ann has kind of looked into and see if there's anything further but whether specific, I don't, I don't know if this is an appropriate time or not, and maybe that's something for the subcommittee to to weigh in on as well. Jim, what do you think? Or James? Uh, <laughs> Both of you. Uh, Wake up. <laughs> um, what I um, I do remember the uh, owner of the the uh, property indicating uh, a plaque of some kind. 
Um, I also recall a discussion about, and I'm looking at uh, the picture that Dr. Maris sent of A Street and, and its collapse. Um, but I do remember that there was uh, the proposal of a, of a staging area with a number of um, plaques or, or stands for, for people to read about the history. Um, that's what I remember. It, coincidentally, I was just in North Berkeley the other day and happened upon a building. It was uh, I, I, I went to the wrong building, but pleasantly so. There was a, a lovely brass plaque indicating um, uh, that who the founder was of the building um, with uh, just a little bit of history uh, of UC Berkeley in it on, on the North area. And so, you know, thinking about that, I thought those kinds of things could be really cool, especially for this building. It sounds like this Ruby Street development, the, the, the piano store, uh, former piano store, would be, you know, the, the inception point for everything to spread out from there. So, um, but I don't, you know, I, I, I don't have anything past that in terms of plaques. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's just too soon until we know what they're going to do with A Street. I, I, I would agree. Yes, that makes sense to me to just to see, is that going to be an introduction to the whole area a little bit from where this is, or is it something else? Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, the building is going to be still there uh, mm -hmm. after the A Street is repaired. And yeah. the history of the building is going to be pretty much the same, no matter whether it's done today or next year. But it seems like uh, we need to get the Hayward Area Historical Society on track to get a uh, history of it put together so we can review the history and uh, determine what, how much we want to include on the plaque. So I would suggest that we go out and reach out to Hayward Area Historical and have them do the research on the building so that when we do have an opportunity, we have the language already put together, ready to go. Good suggestion. Uh, and also there was a historical assessment that was done on the building and provided to you um, when you heard from the, the developer. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Wonderful. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll talk about that at our subcommittee meeting uh, when we plan for our field trip. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you should ask for input from the public as well? Yes, I, well, did we discuss enough about the Eden Housing Ruby Street development? I mean, it's the, did we were gonna talk about the, that development in particular for any particular reason? I, it, yeah, I mean, we it was, kind of it was basically never taken off your agenda. Well, yeah, I understand that, okay. Yes, so there's but, nothing else more specific that anyone has to bring to the table from the, from the commission, I will open it up to the Public, if anyone likes to make a comment, please raise your hand digitally. Liz will let you speak. James Wheeler, can you go ahead? Uh, good afternoon, honorable commissioners. James Wheeler, general manager, Hayward Area Recreation and Park District. I hope you are well today. Uh, I can tell you that in regard to your question about the status of uh, what, what they call parcel A. Ruby Meadow is, is divided in three parcels. A being the um, 
the lot adjacent to the building you're talking about as a trailhead or parkway for the foothill trail b being the ruby meadows the uh, eden housing development and c being the um trail that will run through the creek way and the creek setbacks and everything we're actually just getting ready to enter into a purchase sale agreement to actually take on the property i think our board tentatively is hearing it on the 21st at our at our board meeting and um there was one other piece that uh so we'll be we'll be looking at we'll be looking at the purchase and sale agreement of that parcel and then we'll continue to work on the trail planning it's um there's a lot of moving parts there with setbacks and the trail and the creek way. You know, we're doing some restoration from some damage around the Japanese garden from storms and flooding. So uh, the whole creek way through there is kind of sensitive right now, as you know, and you're aware from what happened to the road. Um, but there's not as much damage as I thought when they showed me the, the diagram the other day. I asked, they said it fared pretty well. So um, we are getting close to a PSA on that. And once we do that, we'll set up a capital project for the park, the parklet, the entrance, and we'll uh, keep you apprised on what's going on with that. That's great. Thank you Correct. so much. Yes, go ahead. Um, uh, mentioning, uh, I guess it would be parcel C, uh, that's the parcel that contains the two properties that uh, have been purchased already, the, the, the old houses. Is, is Am I correct on that? I think that's parcel. That's where the park would be. That's the property we're taking over. Okay. Okay. So that was, that's slated to be a trailhead. It's part of the larger Foothill Trail Master Plan that will run through. I don't know if you're, we bought D and Clay Street and 1350 E Street, more Caltrans properties. And the goal is to run the trail okay. down through there. And then that would be the connector um, by the theater into the, into Carlos B, which would connect through parcel eight, take you up to Grove Way eventually. So, okay. That, that's the piece there. The other thing I did want to tell you is that um, I think there's preliminary out there. I don't know how widely published it's been, but Alameda County was added to the FEMA list by the feds, I think today or yesterday. So, Oh, good. Okay. Great. So there will be eligible FEMA funding down for claimants for home damage and roads and everything else. Thank you. Yeah, thank great. you. Thank you. It was great to hear from you. Um, wonderful. So all that great information. Um, and we have another speaker. Go ahead. Ann Maris, you can go ahead. Hello, uh, Ann Maris again. Um, I, I live in the area and have been discussed so everyone knows, but for the sake of the public, I'll just say my name again. So I uh, I want to start off with the uh, Ruby, the Edenhausen Ruby development and remind you that, that, that those developers also agreed to put plaques up. So, mm -hmm. so we've got the hatchery, hard, and Eden Housing, who've all agreed to put plaques. I mean, at a minimum, you know, plaques is great. And uh, the parking lot on Crescent Street of that development contains the original brass fittings of the Knox Waterworks pump house. And so those would be destroyed or paved over, probably destroyed in the grading because they have drainage plans there also into the, uh, to the creek and so uh so that's just something i want to mention too so i don't know if in our negotiations for the plaque we could negotiate for some semblance of preservation of those brass fittings um you know they're just brass fittings 
but but you know that pump house is on historic maps and and I I, I totally agree we need to get Hobbs more involved um John uh Chris Christensen I think was uh, helping me previously and he's he's gone off to uh fields of higher education and uh so I don't I'm not working with any specific contact there at Haas yet. So, so uh, if, if you initiated, I, I haven't yet. And <clears throat> although I got all they had at that, at that time. So, so that's the plaque talk and, uh, and yeah. So, and then the other thing is the funding. So I don't know, um, you know, there's so many funding sources and I'm not sure this is something I guess our subcommittee can talk about is how to organize our suggestions in a way that they can, uh, uh, interface, as uh, the chair said, with the plans. Like how 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 can we best present it in a way that we might get funding from federal, state, or this is also in an environmental justice neighborhood. The SB one thousand, those plans are coming out, and so it seems like preserving the heritage is is something. Um, a lot of kids have been killed in that creek. There, there's a big history of uh, the water water and uh you know slides happening and um there's just a lot of history <laughs> which we know so um so uh yeah so i just want to mention that so i that's kind of where i'm what i'm trying to do now is organize things into into groups and uh figure out how to best present it but i i maybe the county staff i don't know if they know any more about um funding sources and how we could arrange our uh discussions and documents to benefit getting some funding to uh, help the area. Um, but that, that would be great. So that's all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for discussing it and considering our area. You're very welcome. It's nice to hear from you again. Um, and does anyone else have anything to, in, to put in from the public? I have no other raised hands. That's a great segue into our next agenda item, which is a discussion of the budget request for fiscal year 23-24, also continued from our last meeting. Um, we want to be discussing the funding of our plaques and the potential funding of the updating of the historical surveys that have established the structures of merit, historical merit here in the county. So um, I think in our last meeting, from what I remember, we sort of tabled the discussion of updating the historic surveys that we've done because of the cost. We estimated the cost to be somewhere around $250,000, $300,000 perhaps, to actually go out, have locations surveyed, and then have a list compiled of things that we think need like more technical and professional attention and by way of historic resources. Um, although I, I personally think that it, the front half of that would be a lot cheaper than the back half. Like once you get the stuff that we need, want to have looked at more professionally and officially, that gets more expensive. But actually getting out there and then just doing the footwork, that seems like it should be cheaper than a quarter of a million dollars to me. But um, yeah, so we sort of got stuck on on what to do about that. And from what I can tell, we aren't making any immediate plans to do anything about that. We're focusing right now on trying to get the budget 
for 23-24 to address our interest in plaques that have been come up time and time again in our in our work here as this commission because we are we are into plaques we're in the idea into the idea of signage we just don't know how to fund it and how do we come into a collaboration like we were just discussing with somebody like hard or public works or anybody to get any signage or plaques done whether and you know dr oh no actually it was uh, mr wheeler just mentioned the um plaques somebody agreed that they were going to put plaques up at ruby i don't know if that was dr maris or I, I, my notes are all confused i think it was dr maris who who brought that up the developers for the ruby street housing yes yes have agreed to do plaques but how do we you know collaborate or partner with them if we can't come to the table with any funding you well, know because that's kind of funding that's fundamental i think so i really think it's important that we do this so my question is who would so yes it's it's very um optimistic that that um that Eden Housing, the hatchery owner uh, in particular, uh, Hard, um, and maybe um, another county, maybe economic development, um, all might be able to maybe put in some money for for some some money for plaque funding. But who would negotiate that on our behalf? In other words, that's that's a lot of different places to go to, a lot of different negotiations about money well, i mean it seems like if we had money resources available to us their financial resources available it would be probably something appropriate for me to do as chair and i would feel more confident about being able to negotiate collaborations and agreements with other stakeholders if we had something substantial to bring to the table to offer you know yes yes commissioner menard yeah, here in, in Fremont, what we've done with uh, the Historical Architecture Review Board is we've asked the developer who's developing the property to pay for the plaques, and we'll correct the language, we'll approve the language that goes on the plaques, and they mm -hmm. fund the plaque themselves, and uh, then there's no cost to the city, it's all provided by the, the developer. Now, the one over on... Uh, whatever that street is where the guy's got a junkyard in the back and we want to put a plaque on it, that that plaque, uh, he's not going to put any money into it until that property is developed. And that may be uh, long after I'm gone. Uh, so I, I that we might need a plaque, uh, so a plaque fund, but plaque funds uh, is really chump change. It's uh, getting a plaque made is uh, well under $5,000 per plaque for a pretty good, decent-sized plaque. And and so I, I think we're talking about small change here for in regards to plaques. But uh, And I think uh, most developers are happy to put them up so they can get their name on it so they say that they put the plaque up. And, and uh, uh, I, I don't think uh, putting plaques up is a big issue. But I want to talk just a little bit more about the historical survey. Um, in that can, I, can I interrupt you before you do that? Yes. Al, for just a second. So uh, this all sounds good, but I'm, I guess I'm just wondering what authority do we as a commission have to do to negotiate funding coming from somebody to where? I mean, I mean to us? Who would, Liz, would you be in the negotiator with the planning department? Would Who would 
negotiate how much money someone would give and who would they give it to? I, I, I don't see it so much as a negotiation as just a, kind of a meeting of the minds um, and you know a request for participation in placement of plaques. I, one question that I, I don't know and I can try to find out is um, for the, the Ruby Street development, is it a condition of approval that they provide the plaques? Mm -hmm. Or is it, you know, or do they just say, we think this would be a nice thing to do, so we'll do it. Um, if it's a condition of approval, then you know, they, they have to do it. Um, but you know, that might be uh, you know, just a matter of contacting the developer and saying, uh, you know, we, we heard you were interested in putting plaques up. You know, here's our idea for, you know, what they might say or, or, you know, something like that. Um, well, Linda, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. Sorry. All I was going to say was clearly it, when it comes to the budget that's going to the planning department, if mm -hmm. we want to tap into any of that money, which seems our most likely funding source for the our plaque ideas at the very least, um, that we are, our best bet is to have our, choose our negotiator to be Liz because she is part of the planning department and probably can be a part of that budgetary process better than anyone else that we know there. But does that preclude us from going to other sources to get money just because we might be able to get some from the planning department? I don't think so. I mean, that's my opinion. Um, why not? I mean, if you think, say the supervisor in your district has, you know, a fund that for, you know, local projects or whatever, and this happens to be in this project that we're talking about in Ruby happens to be in uh, Supervisor Miley's district, which is your district, Linda. I mean, there, there's, I don't think there's anything that would stop you or any of us from pitching a proposal to him to say, hey, you know, this is what we envisioned for this district in your in your you know in your district <laughs> you're this district within a district so um how would you like to provide us some financial support so we could get some of this taken care of and if he goes well why aren't why aren't you having financial support from other areas then that actually there's a kind of a tie in there and say well that's a good question <laughs> i mean that is a good question <laughs> i guess the budget goes through the supervisor so i mean i don't know yeah, I get, you know, my question is, is not, I don't want to get into a rabbit hole about this. And, and Liz is right. It's not necessarily a negotiation. I was just trying to think what, what authority do we have to do to do any of, to request any of this other than a, a letter from our commission to each one of these places that might fund us. And, and um, so I just, I just was curious about that. I don't want to take all of our time discussing it, but I, 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 I think, like the letter idea. <laughs> I, I think one thing that would be helpful would be to have uh, some kind of plan. It doesn't need to be, you know, entirely worked out. You know, we want a, pl a plaque exactly here with this exact language or something like that. But I think it would be helpful to you know, make a list of what historic information you want to convey, you know, what uh, historic resources do you want to uh, bring to the public's attention and then kind of figure out from there 
well, so that, so it sounds like it would make sense to have, you know, X number of plaques in these general locations to cover these topics. And then that would give you something to take to someone and say, hey, we've got this great idea for these plaques. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we got so-and-so uh, to agree to put, you know, two or three in here. And it would be great if you could help us with, you know, locating these other uh, plaques, something like that. Um, I like the, that might be the idea, though, of uh, making a condition of approval that uh, they put a plaque on a building and we define approximate size of the plaque so that it goes forward with a condition of approval because uh, uh, it appears after uh, that church fiasco on Bachman uh, that uh, we do have some power to direct plaques on buildings. And, and I think it just uh, make it a condition of approval that uh, the developer put a, a plaque on a historic plaque on a building of a certain size and we'll get the language for him. Yeah. And then it doesn't come out of county money. It comes out of developer money, which is a far better deal, in my opinion, than coming out of county money. We might want the county money for something else. Yeah, which kind of brings us maybe back to what you were talking about earlier about the surveys. Something else? Now, yeah. now I'll go back into historical surveys. Thank yeah. you, Alice. <laughs> Well, that <laughs> okay. uh, traditionally, historical surveys go back 45 years, and uh, we're approaching 25, so that means any building built before 1980. 1980 is, a, in most of our minds, is a fairly current building, and yet those are now considered historic buildings, and we need to be looking at those because there's been a huge building impact between, I think the last survey was up through 1945 or 50, up through 1980. And we're talking about a lot of buildings here after the war and, and after uh, the Bay Area had an explosion of population. So the traditionally what they do, the historical analysis, they drive, they get a list of all of the roads that were in existence at, by 1980, that were in existence in 1980, they drive down the road and any building that looks like it's historic, they write down the address of. And they go through the whole city, driving down all of the streets, uh, all, they'll go through the unincorporated county, uh, identifying all the buildings that were built or they, they assume was built uh, that look historic to them before 1980. And uh, so that's, that's, where you need the critical eye of knowing what 1980 buildings look like. And I don't know. I know older buildings, but 1980 buildings. And so you need a critical eye. And then when they get that done, they have this big list of thousands of addresses. And uh, what they did in Fremont to keep the cost down, they had uh, uh, citizen committees uh, go out and, and do basically a DPR on, uh, on uh, the sites. Uh, of all the buildings that somebody was interested in preserving. And so the, those those sites were then did a, a, a greater historical analysis because there was people interested in preserving the site. And, and so we had uh, several hundred people out doing historical surveys and making up DPR forms 
to uh, get, help the historical analysts come down to which of the thousands were most critical to the public at large. I just wanted to interject. I'm 52 and I was born in 1970. <laughs> so did, if you said 50 year old structures and roads, don't you mean 1972? 1980, anything before 1980. That's it for only 46, 46, 20. 45 years. Oh, because 45, figure, I thought it was 50 was the breakoff point. Sorry, I'm good. 45 <laughs> years is a, for the survey because they figure it's going to take five years to get the survey done. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so so that's before 1980. Okay. okay, that's why you said 1980. Okay, because I was like, yeah, that's seven years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> 1940. Oh, so, so that's 45 years back because it'll take five years to do the survey to acknowledge all to find all the buildings that were built 50 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And before. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds like it would be cool to be able to pull together some community interest. But I, I mean, the probably the best place to look for the community interest would probably be in the community organizations that are dotted throughout unincorporated uh, Alameda County. Um, I mean, what about always... reaching out to a college professor in the uh, historical classes <laughs> and have their kids, students go out and do work on the survey as a class project or something? Yeah, if they find a building that's twice their age, then they... <laughs> it's historic. I'm sorry, I don't mean to make light of this situation. It's not that. You know, that's a good... <clears throat> actually. It's a it's a good idea. When I was um, walking um, the the trail um, by Lake Chabot um, that goes up to the um, Oak Tree uh, commemorative um, monument area, there were two vans of Cal State East Bay students that were there. They were uh, their professor, their teacher were were giving them their their safety vests and, and bottles of water. And they were, they were gonna go proceed up that ridge. Um, and, and quite frankly, I'm not sure what they were looking for, but it, it, was, it was sponsored by Cal State East Bay. I, it, it, it could be something that we could um, um, ask uh, someone in, in social sciences or, or one of the deans or the president. Oh, history, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Chabot might be willing to do it too, because the part of, you know, they're, they're down close to the, um, well, to, is there, no, I guess all of Mount Eden is, is all incorporated now, isn't it? That's not yes. unincorporated anymore. Okay. I don't know. Maybe Chabot wouldn't be so interested, but maybe they might, but you know, what else might be interesting is, is to offer it as a hard class. You know, the, the classes, the community classes that are taught all the time, you know, to the community, they send out the little booklet. It says, oh, yeah. come learn how to line dance or take pictures or we're going to go to the casino on a Saturday someday or whatever, whatever they decide they're going to do. But there's no reason why one of us couldn't offer to teach a class in local history and to get a bunch of people to come help us. And then we could go survey, like walk around and look at things or drive around and look at things, rent a bus. I don't know, do something like that. And then they'd all pay like $5 to take the class. And then we'd take them all out and say, hey, take this piece of paper down. And anything you see, this, <laughs> I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, sucker them into to helping us out. 
not Suckerman. If they're yeah, interested, yeah. then they could sign up for the, to, to come join us for a weekend to do something fun and historic. I don't know. It's an idea. One other thing that you got to think about, though, too, is Google has made uh, has driven down all the streets and most of the houses on all the streets have been photographed. So you could drive, you could do it all on your computer, possibly just uh, going down each of the streets that you just have to find out what streets were in existence uh, in 1980 and go down those streets and and uh, look at buildings and determine which ones are old and which ones are new. Yeah, that'd be pretty easy, especially if you could just bypass most of that by going to the planning department and figuring out the major subdivisions of what years those subdivision track maps were finished or were finalized, you know, and be like, okay, so, you know, it would help huge swaths of residential land to, you know, to be like, okay, this entire development was built, but before 1980. Because they've but, been having the tracks ever since Llewellyn, I'm not Llewellyn, Bahannon created San Lorenzo, right? He was like but, the pioneer of track tones. Yeah. But you, you run into buildings like I ran into one in Fremont where, uh the street uh came into mission boulevard and uh it had been uh closed off so that it looked like a, a dead-end street and there was a house that had a a free uh mission boulevard address on it but it was on uh it was actually on another street but, but they had closed it off because of mission boulevard so it never showed up on any maps as a historic building, but it's definitely a historic building. Yeah. One yeah. Of, one the the and you're going to miss that. some, no matter how well you work it, you're going to miss some. No, no matter how you do it, you're going to miss some buildings that should have been kept. And and uh, the best you can do is the best you can do. Yeah. Addressing can be a real pain, but, you know, who keeps excellent addressing records other than, of course, the planning departments um, are the, the Census Bureau. They keep really good addressing records too. But anyway, the other way to approach it is, you know, you know, being so close to Silicon Valley, you know, it's it's companies like Zillow and all these other real estate companies that I'm sure have a lot of that information in some database uh, mm -hmm. already. Um, whether you can access it publicly or not um, is the question. But you know, even you know, considering. You know, from my perspective, student, you know, students of history majors going out and doing it, or students of computer science, you know, mining through data to to get that information uh, about the the building age is sort of another way to approach it. I like the youthful approach. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, they could be students of history that could mine Zillow data for us, right? Or <laughs> Google data. Be willing to, you know, do the Google Maps thing, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> great ideas, but um, anyway, so this all comes down to how can what, creative ideas for ways to get the labor funded in the labor intensive project that we have that we feel obligated due to our mandate of to take part in these uh, Historic surveys of our of our jurisdiction. I mean, you said uh, a couple of meetings ago, Al, that the state recommends those happen like every ten years or something. Yep. Yeah. And we're how I think our last one was done in 2012, so we're 11 years out from our last one. I think most of it was done in 2002. Oh, 2002. 2008. Oh. 
They vary in age. Um, the, the whole unincorporated area wasn't done at the same time. There were the, the different surveys were done at different times. That makes sense. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. So looking at the at the survey from 2005 to 2008. So there are a lot of a lot of buildings, barns, uh, buildings, private homes that were all um, previously surveyed. Um, but nothing has happened with them. Apparently, I mean, they're not on the current register of historic resources. So yes. is, the, is the focus to get some of the ones that have been surveyed already that nothing's happened with them uh, to get them on the, on the register, um, either voluntarily or if they're county-owned buildings, uh, uh, through our resolutions, or is it just to go and find more buildings that we need to look at that are historic? That is, that's a good point, because if we were to redo the survey, what would our focus be? Identifying okay. new resources, previously unidentified resources, not new ones, <laughs> or right. would it be to move along or determine if any of these old or already identified resources still exist and try to make some sort of action about what to do about the ones we've already identified? That's, that, that's my thinking. You know, it's like we already have, I mean, to narrow down the focus. I mean, obviously we don't have funding or time, uh, like county time to to pursue this at a, you know, a large. So out of curiosity, they, they called this 2005 to 2008, a comprehensive study of Alameda County landmarks and contributing buildings. Right. What was the impetus of, for that? Do you, do you remember Liz or Al or somebody that was uh, there? It was done in conjunction with the Historic Preservation Ordinance. Okay, that was that for that and, one. And you'll notice that um, the for the areas that had existing historic surveys, um, they just went back to those surveys and um, listed buildings that had a, a certain, were, were listed in those surveys as having a certain level of uh, you know, likelihood that they would qualify for the, the either the state or, or national register. Um, and then there, there at that time, there was no survey for Castro Valley. So they did uh, a windshield survey, uh, sort of along the lines of what uh, Commissioner Menard was describing um, for the Castro Valley area. Um, one thing um, that I might mention is that uh, those of you who are on the commission at the time might remember there were a lot of very angry people um, when that list came out. Uh, at that time, the, the original draft of the Historic Preservation Ordinance um, would have required that um, with further research and verification that all of the, those buildings on the list were indeed historic resources, uh, it would have mandated that the, those buildings be put on the, the register. And after there was a lot of public um, opposition to that, the ordinance was revised to make the uh, listing on the register voluntary. So just a little history, but uh, maybe a little, word of caution that if if you 
put out a list of um, properties in, uh, produced by you know, students or, or community volunteers or whoever, um, it, it's a good idea to be relatively certain that there is some actual historical significance to the building um, or people get or we reiterate that the that being listed on the historical register is voluntary. Right. So we would have to make that very clear. And as it stands, we still have yet to identify any real carrots to encourage people. Mills I mean, Act. the Mills Act, but that's not, that's I mean, it is a carrot and it's probably the only one we've got right now. It's tough. I wish there was something uh, else. To go back to just a little bit uh i chaired the meeting uh for the historical uh designation for buildings and after the first meeting it became so hostile that at the second meeting the sheriff's office attended the meeting oh my in god. uniform and armed oh my god wow Jeez. that's unfortunate i mean it, it's unfortunate that the process has, has to be slowed down by such strong emotions, um, negative ones at that. And But like I said, it's difficult to encourage people to become a part of an idea if they think the idea is going to limit their autonomy or, you know, property rights or whatever it is that people feel gets threatened when some sort of regulatory body comes in and identifies something i mean it's not like hey we identified your houses as a one that could win a million dollar prize you know i mean you know you, people would line up to put their houses on a registry if they thought there was a million dollar prize you know that one of those houses was gonna get that's what they do all the time with buying lottery tickets unfortunately that's not what the point is of doing this this is to add you know identifying these resources is about being the first step in regulating how those resources are utilized from henceforth. So it is a challenge. It is a real challenge because the people don't want the government to come in and say, hey, the, we're going to tell you what you can and can't do with your property. I could see how it's a challenge and I could see how emotions run high. I wish we had I would like to make a comment. Please do. Um, they had two historical um, houses that were owned by Caltrans and Hayward. They demolished them. They were uh, Victorians. It was so sad that nobody was there to protect them and they got destroyed. They just plowed it down and there's two more houses there, but Caltrans owned two houses and they, they totally demolished them. The homeless kept going, breaking into them and they were having problems all the time, but they totally destroyed the houses on B street. Mm, that's terrible. And it would, well, and that, that's a whole nother issue because basically that the state can can do more or less whatever they want on on state-owned property. Um, so even if the the county were to put state-owned buildings on on the the historic register, that that would not stop the the state from tearing them down if they want to. So that's that's another factor. Yeah, I I see that, and even though the state has its own historic resource acknowledgement process and committee of people. And yeah, it's it, if 
this I also think it is an interesting line because one of my big issues as well since I've been chair has been my questioning about the resources that are identified that are owned by the county yes. not the state but the county so like what you were just saying when the state owns it they can pretty much do whatever they want with it if they want to tear it down they can tear it down they may have a process with the state level that says well you got to consider it as a, as a historic resource first i mean even sequa that is a, you know a state mandated regulatory document i guess is that that even has a, an, a section in it to a to at least acknowledge whether or not there's historic resources that are impacting a development and whatever. So, I mean, the state obviously has some concern about historic development, I mean, historic resources, but they're gonna tear down whatever they want. And the county seems to be in that same position of like, we have, as a com commission have been trying so desperately to get the county to, you know, like slow their roll on things like white cotton and the Nike site and the, and the Castro Valley library and the, you know, and do things to help be more, preservationist of things like the cemetery, which is not going to be developed, but it's going to go into absolute disarray and be a, you know, be more expensive, more problematic and less useful as its purpose than it was originally intended, the more that it gets ignored by its owner. And so when the owner isn't a member of the public, the owner is the jurisdiction, it gets really mucky. And I just, I find it very challenging to, um, navigate that that's that's been my biggest challenge since i've been chair is trying to figure out how to i don't know just how to figure out how to interact with the county when it comes to these historic resources because i don't think we've found a workable solution yet honestly but boy has this discussion gotten off track i don't think it's off. gotten off track i think it's it's these are all complex issues uh the the historic ordinance gives us all kinds of things that we're supposed to be involved in, parks, uh, you know, county properties, private properties. Um, you know, we're a small group of volunteers and we're not noticed appropriately uh, at different times about what's being demolished by the county. You know, we're kind of the last sometimes to know what's, you know, it, it's just too late for us to weigh in. Um, I think it, you know, it it seems like a larger discussion, like what what is our mandate and what are we actually able to accomplish? I mean, are we is it really uh the time to go looking for adding new properties onto a a survey that's just gonna be sit there and no and nothing's gonna happen? I think um, I think you're right on the money with that. Or do I, we, I really do. You know, or do we just kind of focus on like, yeah, the, the county planning and the the uh, community development and and the CD and the uh, GSA need to, you know, take us into consideration when they're going to demolish a building or. Yeah. I mean, do we work loops. on funding to do little things like plaques so we can do more with what we can in little spot situations, which right now seems to be plaques, or do we try to focus more money on bigger concepts like understanding how we're supposed to be working with the ordinance and what our roles are and how much muscle we have to flex and where if we're going to get any funding to do anything or like these surveys or anything where do we go to get it um yeah these are big questions but i do remember that the specific agenda item was to discuss 
how we were going to approach this year's budget. And I think that we started off on the right path of you were asking like, well, where do we go to get money? Right now, it seems like our our most likely source to get any money would be the de- the, the planning department's existing budget. And as far as I know, Liz, I could be wrong. You guys have already made your request to the county, uh, to the supervisors for your budget allotment for this year, right? Or this has come. No, it's just year. starting. Oh, it's just starting. Oh, you haven't made the suggestion yet? And your, and, and your previous the, suggestion had been that we not have a line item in your guys's budget, but just once the budget is acquired by you guys, then we could like through you ask for a small amount of money, like ten thousand dollars, to fund plaques or something, but not to actually include it as a line item in the budget that you present to the supervisors. Is that correct? Well, we don't have line items per se. Um, we have. Uh, uh, some of money that we can allocate in different ways to different projects that we have going on. So, so it, you know, the the when we will we'll finish one project and then we'll have the next project to do. So we won't allocate money to the one we finished. We'll allocate money to the the one coming up. Um, Right. So like, for example, like a general plan, you say we need money for the next three fiscal years to work on the general plan update for blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. Right. Right. So and at previous meetings, you talked about requesting $10,000 in the planning department budget. So that was what, what I had planned to put forward. Okay, um, but what I I think I was hoping for clarification on was, does it become like the general fund that now the planning department has? Like, you know, like <laughs> the state has a general fund, the county has a general fund, like everybody, they get a chunk of money and then each, each subsection figures out what to do with their general fund. And we would be tapping into money that is sort of in the general fund of the planning department once it's already been allotted. But it's not something that we would be asking uh, like for above and beyond what is already being asked for. It would just be a part of something that's already being asked for. Right. Correct, okay. Just wanna make sure. I, I'd like to make a comment uh, about Piper's comment about the historical uh, uh, records. Uh, we've identified uh, through the historical survey, a uh, couple hundred buildings, I think, of uh, that are historically significant. Yes, uh, and they're on the different registers, and and so whenever one of those comes up for any kind of development, it comes to us to review it. So we have some protection over historic buildings. So I think it's important that we get the buildings that were built between 1960 and 1980 reviewed, so that we can identify those buildings that are of a historic nature, so that when they come up for development. We can say, hey, wait, this is a historic building. You need to do this, this, and this or for some kind of mitigation before they do uh, demolish it or add a uh, uh, an addition that's going to demolish the historical integrity of the building. Well, don't all, all projects submitted to the planning department, have, don't they have to identify the year their house was built? I mean, isn't there just like an automatic trip on a like, you know, algorithm put into the planning department's computer that says, oh, this person wants to develop 
you know, do something, demolish a house that was built in 1974. That qualifies. Ding. Then a well, star goes on it. And I, goes I, I, I think we're going a little far afield from the, the question of the budget. Um, we can have an item on the next agenda about the the demolition review process in the historic uh, preservation ordinance that might be. Uh, yeah, because we haven't had one of those in what, two years? I mean, it's possible that nobody's demolished anything that has any historic significance in the last two years, but we haven't had any projects brought up to us in the last two years about them, have we? Uh, I think the last one you considered was the the ranch house on Lorena. Yeah. If I remember correctly. That was a minute ago. I mean, for example, like how many people on the existing now in this commission remember that? You don't remember it, Linda? You don't remember I, it at all? All I remember is a building in Castro Valley near near where the library is yeah is that, that's, the, that's one. the one that's the one on that's Lorena. what it's called oh yeah, yeah it's on lorena street but oh lorena i thought you said marina i'm sorry no, oh, yeah, right yes that's yes i do remember that so three of us remember and three of us don't but so that means that you know it's been a minute since we've had any any of those demolition permit issues brought to our attention but you're right I mean, it is intertwined, Linda. I agree with Linda. It's very intertwined. All these subjects are very intertwined. The budget, the creation and maintenance of our register, the identifying what may or may not need to be on the register, how we go about doing that, how we pay for it. I don't know. I just, part of me thinks that we should be asking for more money from the planning department because we have lofty goals and aspirations as a community, <laughs> or not as a committee, as a commission. I mean, lofty in the sense of like, we talk a lot about wanting to do things that can help actually promote parks and recreation and protect historic resources. But we seem to lack teeth to be able to get any, to make any proposals to other stakeholders to be able to be like, hey, we're a player in this game that we have, you know, we have something we can bring to the table, whether it's expertise or, or resources or whatever it is, it's just, I don't even, I don't think that we have been able to put any of our ideas really into motion because we lack an overall budget to get anything done. Now, did the supervisors originally envision our commission to be budgeted? Probably not. That's why we're a commission and not a department. You know, I mean, so I can't imagine that the supervisors as a whole would be like super excited about funding us as a commission. But then again, if we looked at the other commissions in the county, maybe other commissions are getting funded. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I don't know how to approach this because I've never been on a commission before. I know that historically, like the existence of this commission, it's never had funding really. I mean, except for those little stipends you were talking about. I mean, not funding, and I'm not, excuse me, because those stipends are for the commissioners, which is not what I'm trying to look for funding for. I'm not trying to get us money. I'm trying to get our projects and our ideas funded, you know? And I, I, I figure if we're going to do anything, we got to do it now or soon because we don't start asking for a little money. We won't have any money available to, to do the things we want to get done when we need to get them done. So I think that it's important that we include a request for at least $10,000 to the planning department for their budget for this upcoming fiscal year. That's what I think. 
Does anybody else have any thoughts about this? How about members of the public? There are no raised hands. Great. Okay. Well, it, it I, I can't make a motion. I can just I can just talk about what my thoughts are. Well, it seems to me that the planning department is understaffed. And so that's some of the concern, I think, in terms of yeah. being able to move forward our resolutions, for instance, because you know, they're they're busy and um, yeah, and they don't have the money to do what they the projects yeah. they need to get done. So but at the same time, at, at the same time, time the, you know, the, the projects that we're trying to get uh, acknowledged on the on the historic resource survey or, you know, aren't happening. So it's yeah. So I don't know if it's, you know, asking for ten thousand dollars when they're they don't have the capacity to to do what we're requesting is how, how you know, I get you know, I guess they ask for both. I don't know. I know, ask, ask for new, more staff and for a couple dollars for us. Um, yeah, because if it came down to having to make a choice between one or the other for this next fiscal year, if we were asked as a commission, which would we prefer $10,000 worth of resources at the planning department to go to? Making plaques or getting our resolutions to the board? I could tell you which one I'd vote for. And it wouldn't be the plaques. Either. I mean, if there was $10,000 available in general to address the things that our commission is a, finds important, I would rank our getting our, mm -hmm. our, our or uh, yeah, our additions to the register presented to the, the board. That I'd rather have $10,000 go towards getting the staff needed at the planning department to get that done for us. That's what my vote would be. But I don't think that's what we're voting on right now, is it? Or is it? I mean, because how much time do we have to actually like put forth our our idea to you, Liz, that this is what we want and what we want it for? Well, the budget process is just starting and the budget would be ad uh, adopted by the board in like, late May, early June. Okay, thank like, you. I appreciate the timeline. Okay, well, um, Hmm. Nobody has any other thoughts about this idea? Okay, well, uh, then why do, do I even have the, am I allowed to ask this, ask to make a like a sub vote or an idea vote, not an official vote, but an idea vote on if anybody would be on my side of the fence and apparently Linda's on this, that we'd rather have money to get our, ordinance proposals to the board than to have money for, if we could only have money for one, would we stand behind our proposals or the plaques? What, what does, what constitutes money towards getting our proposals to the- uh, Our proposals have been sitting, some, one of them at least for 13 months now without being able to get to the board for, for review or consideration because the planning department's understaffed and they don't have enough people to take the time to actually put together the board presentation to present what we've created to the board. So, I mean, I completely understand that Liz and her staff are very, very overworked and I appreciate every little last thing that they do for us because it seems so above and beyond most of the time. 
But if there was $10,000 that they were going to give us to make plaques, and I had my choice, I would not put it towards plaques. I would put it towards paying somebody on their staff to create the time to get our board presentation together. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, Linda. Well, I, I don't want to take up all the time. Oh, well, I mean, I, I have a comment, but let's see who else has wants to weigh in. Anybody, if they do. I'll, I'll chime in just for a second. I don't think ten thousand dollars is is a, a significant amount of money. Uh, I I would suspect that planning commission probably has that kind of money in their slush fund someplace that they could assign. I think if we were talking a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars, it might be something different. But we're not talking about that. I don't think it's a significant amount of money, and I would vote against it. About asking for ten thousand dollars, no matter what we ch choose to spend it on. Exactly. Okay. Well, how about the idea of asking for twenty? <laughs> I I in listening to all of this, it's still. For me, um, the, my big question is, what is the role of this commission? Absolutely. Is it, is it advisory? Yes. Is, it, yes. Um, is it imbued with some force and power to, um, to make things um, happen as we determine? Um, it's, um, it's been feeling like we're advisory we advise and the soups um, or the, the various divisions that, that do have money and do have the, the, the person power to um, make things happen, um, either are underfunded or uh, under, un, under personneled. Um, so uh, Liz, I see a little green box around you. I, I, I was wondering if you were going to speak to that. I, I was just going to say, yes, you are advisory to the Board of Supervisors. Yes. There you, there you have it. Uh, you know, it's um, earlier I, 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 I heard uh, concerns about empowerment and, and who will listen to us and, and, and how do we make things uh, happen. Um, and uh, I, I think we have to use the, the will of, of the group um, to get others um, to do our bidding. Um, uh, if it means uh, someone from the, uh, you know, from a building to say, yeah, I will build a plaque, great. Um, I, but um, you know, I think it, it's. I think we're a worthy commission. Um, got a new, you know, got some new politics running through the board of supervisors. You know, what do they think of this committee? Is ultimately. Yeah, know, we were appointed by them. So, I mean, they know we exist. I don't know. I don't so know. I, I have a question. Would it be appropriate at all to invite two supervisors to make a, to come in to one of our meetings and discuss the historic uh, register that they 
came up with and ask, well, why does this exist if, if the process isn't working? It's an interesting idea to invite them to our meetings instead of bombard theirs. I mean, would that be realistic to just to just kind of question like so they, they created this historic ordinance, they laid out what was supposed to happen, what the process is, and it's not being followed, not by anybody's fault, but it just isn't happening. So what could they do? <laughs> it it would be highly unusual for uh, an advisory commission to have the supervisors come to them mm -hmm. to speak. I, I think it might be okay. more appropriate to talk to your individual supervisors behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I understand that. So. Um, I'm sort of in uh, agreement with Jim about, you know, being an advisory board and, you know, I'm just glancing through the ordinance and seeing, you know, what is it, what is in there that we are technically supposed to be doing. And I, I know it's sort of um, a, a passive process, but I think, you know, creating these recommendations, creating these proposals and, you know, Sorry, Liz, you know, sending them through is is what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, when it gets to the Board of Supervisors, I think it's in an advisory capacity, us asking them to sort of do what they're supposed to do is, is a little sort of role reversal. So, you know, I think we continue to, to do the good work that we've been doing and I'm, you know, enjoying and learning and um, sort of happy to, you know, develop these proposals. Yes, I wish they got to the supervisors and the supervisors voted on them, but I think we we are doing what we are tasked to do in the creation of those proposals and passing along our recommendations to the board. We can't tell them to, you know, look at them, unfortunately, as, as much, I think, as we would want to. And I I would also like to point out, um, I, I agree with that. And um, this is, uh, the last few years have been a highly unusual time um, in terms of world events, uh, in terms of staffing issues, um, and just trying to get things done. Um, and, and also, Beyond that, the sort of the convergence of state mandated projects that the planning department has to work on. There's the the housing element, which we are desperately working to finish. There's the environmental justice element, um, which is also a state requirement. There's the the safety element and uh, climate action plan, which is also, um, uh, required by state law. Um, we're working on uh, organics recycling, which is mandated by state law. So, you know, not to list off all the things we need to do, but you forgot measure D. <laughs> yeah, this little, ba little ballot measure we did also. Um, so ju just to say that I, 
there could just be changes in the future, positive changes in the future, just as we slog through this difficult time. Um, hope, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to, we, we do have vacant positions in the office, mm -hmm. in, in the department that we've been trying to recruit for. Hopefully we will someday soon be able to find people to fill those positions. Um, we will complete these state mandated projects that, that we've been working very hard to, to finish. So I, I'm hoping say in the next six months or so, our plates will be clearer, not completely clear, but, and, and hopefully if we have more staff then we'll have more capacity to do the the work that this commission wants to do so i i don't want you to feel like you're you know stuck in this hole and will be ignored forever and never have any help it, it's just this particular point in time is particularly horrific in terms of the lack of staffing and the amount of work we have to do um so i i think a, a lot of the issues you're talking about will also um be corrected just with the passage of time i agree i i definitely agree but i'm still a little concerned that if we don't ask for some money sometime that it's that we're not gonna um be able to ask we're we're not gonna have it when we need it it for example well, well we that's another ask, thing is we've been talking about these plaques and if we wanted to have ten thousand dollars what would happen if you guys if we would we have to add just ask for it on a piecemeal basis? Like we have this one plaque that we want to contribute like $5,000 to get it done or 3000 or whatever it's going to cost. And then just do that piece by piece. Or because if the end of the fiscal year comes and we don't use the all $10,000 of it, would that just roll over into next year? And then if we want <sighs> to ask for more, we could add to it because mm. I think if that's the case, then maybe don't ask if we don't know what we're going to do with it. But if it is the case that we could, possibly extend it past the time of a year, a fiscal year, then go for it. I'd say we do a two-pronged approach or a multi-pronged approach. I want the plaques because that's physical. Mm -hmm. Someone has to approve it. It has to go through a chain of command. Someone sees it. Someone notes it. Another prong, another approach is, is to continue to fight for recognition to, um, you know, to fund staff um, with 10K. Is no, we can't nothing. do that with 10K. I realize yeah, you're, that. You're, you're right. So I, I want to keep the 10K and, and get something and get physical. Uh, I I, um, and, and I want to push where we can through minutes, through communication, through talking to our supervisors, uh, who, you know, by the way, that I have a new supervisor, you know, so um, that, that the, the person that 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 took me on, you know, no longer, no longer works. Exactly. Same with me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I need to I need to be in communication with that supervisor. So it's it's a multitude of things that we need to be doing. But I would vote. To keep the money for the plaques. And. I will willingly communicate with my supervisor and and with anyone who will within the sound of my voice 
um, about the importance of the history of what we're doing, uh, the history of Alameda County, uh, which predates 1980 by hundreds of years. Yes, absolutely. So for, I totally dig on what you're saying. Well and put. I, <laughs> okay. Very well put. And I really think that maybe what we need to figure out now is we don't have to figure it out this meeting, which is good, but we all still have an active interest in trying to find funding from whatever sources are available to us. And so we are going to keep our primary focus on potential funding through the planning department for a very minimum of this in this fiscal year, at least $10,000, right? I mean, because we, we do think we need more than that because there are other things we want. But at, at the very least, getting the $10,000 would help us address the physicality of getting the plaques made that we've already discussed and, and committed to make, correct? Yes. Okay, so that's where our minimum is at. Okay, I mean, I, I mean <laughs> yeah, the maximum, we, we, I have no idea. But at least it's, it's something that we can at least say, okay, now we have a square, uh, you know, the first brick in, you know, the pathway that to get to where we need to go an idea, you know, that's going to be concrete. We need at least $10,000. We're going to ask it from the planning department. And we think we're going to use that at the very least to get some of the projects that are concrete, real physical projects, like building these plaques done for the projects we've already discussed. Right. Okay. I think that's good because we could sit here and talk about the concepts around this for another couple hours. And I think at 530 now, we are all been at this for a couple hours already. Don't want to do that much anymore so let's move on to the next item unless somebody from the public now has gotten tired of listening to me talk and wants to say something themselves no yes no okay great then let's um let's bring that back up at our next meeting that'll be fun um and then we'll move on now to old old business j3 um which is considering a letter of su support for the historic preservation in el Viso. Um, how's that going now? You're on mute, by the way. I think he's gone. Oh, he just left. He's like, I'm done with you people. I think he's done. I think so he's how about we, um, if he's, um, doesn't know he's muted or has like gone, gone away for a moment, why don't we circle back to number three and, um, we could go to number four briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, how are we doing on our vacancies? Have any of the districts that have vacancies been out there recruiting actively? I haven't heard from any of them. Okay, well, that's discouraging, but oh well, you know, times times are tough, so. But Liz, is it, is it possible to ask some of the, like the parks, like East Bay Regional Parks are hard, whether they would fund a staff member to attend the meetings? I mean, we had staff, uh, staff from uh, LARPD and from, um, City of Oakland Parks and Rec, head of City of Oakland Parks and Rec, who were previously uh, on the commission. Oh, you mean people who work for the local yeah. park districts that be right. on commission members on as well? That's not, not considered conflict for them? Okay, that's cool. I mean, I don't know. Well, so they advise on parks issues and things like that. The, the supervisors select Right. their appointees so um 
candidates for uh, appointment can be suggested to the supervisors, but um, the the commission itself doesn't have any um, authority to to pick someone. So uh, yeah, we can make recommendations to the supervisor our supervisors, but not appoint anyone. That makes sense. I understand that. Okay. So it sounds like the one like Dee Rosario, who was previously on the um, PRHC, was part of East Bay Regional Park. So, so it sounds like he, as a staff member of East Bay Regional Parks, then decided he wanted to participate in the commission as well. Perhaps that's how that went. So I I assume so. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, everybody, keep up, keep keep your eyes peeled, make recommendations to your soup wherever you can. Um, we'd love to have some new blood. We love the new blood we have. Love to <laughs> me. But we 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 want more. We are endlessly hungry. So, does anybody in the public want to say anything about um, our commission vacancies? Like they want to apply. <laughs> There's no raised hands. <laughs> okay, Al, are you back? Yes, I'm yeah. back. Okay, so we're circling back to number J3 now, the, the Historic Preservation Letter of Support for the Preservation in Alviso. You've got an update on that? I'm, I'm still doing research on that. Sweet, we'll continue it till next time. Thank you. No, not a problem. So let's hop down to discussion of the Mills Act, which is J5. And that's also continued from our last meeting. We have a subcommittee update and draft letters from Commissioner Schmelz. So, yay. Yeah, I hadn't received, uh, I think the letters were uh, drafted for our previous meeting. Uh, hopefully people had a chance to look at them uh, by now. Um, if not, um, I think they were sent out right before the last meeting from, from Liz. Uh, but I didn't hear any feedback yet. So um, uh, until then, um, until we want to take a finalized vote, um, you know, I can continue to um, make final versions for us to look at next time. Uh, so between now and maybe next meeting, if you have any comments on those draft letters, I will uh, incorporate any comments and you know, maybe we can have a finalized version by next meeting. Okay, great. Yeah, my only uh, immediate comment was on the longer one, mm -hmm. your subject line. I think the word you wanted to use was qualified, not quality. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the only, the only comment that I had. Other than that, I think they're pretty good. Um, I mean, they get the point across. They could maybe be a little more, I want to say, carroty. <laughs> it's like you know like oh enticing exciting more like an advertisement like you know that kind of thing but you know we could massage that but i think the fundamental wording is good though i like it yeah and i think the as we discussed last time the resources from the planning department that sort of outline those sort of carrots so to speak are are still there so i think that uh, we can leverage uh, having those as either uh, other in, in uh, attachments to the letter, or at least direct um, individuals who receive these letters to, you know, a website that really sort of delves uh, into it. Uh, but I think the, the the short letter is really about piquing their interest to wanting to know more about right. 
you know, right, getting on this too. registry or, you know, talking about the the Mills Act. <laughs> I think that's I think that's great. Yeah. Um, so in I know we've discussed this briefly and sort of even touched upon it a little bit today, but the versus the short letter for the ones who are currently on the register, which is 11 of them. And then so that's really affordable when it comes to postage. Um, but then the the who could qualify. So now these people, would these people that got the longer letter be the ones that are on our existing lists, the ones that were handed out to us? And if they're not on that list, then they don't couldn't get this letter because as far as I know, like I kind of thought that this might be an interesting proposal for all of Green Ridge, um, you know, because of the Eichler homes. But those aren't identified on our lists as properties that could qualify for the historic register. You know, so I'm just wondering, like, is do we have a fixed list of people who would be getting the long letter already that that's what we have to draw from and we're not expanding that? Or is there more surveying that needs to be done so that we can figure out, you know, what was built before 1980 and then see if, you know, then all of a sudden our postage list gets longer. So does, does, did we figure this out already? Am I missing the boat here? I thought the original plan was to send the letter to the existing list. That's the short letter. Right? I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong, Michael? I'm sorry. No, I think for Liz is saying is uh, from what Hyper you're saying is that there's the list of those that are on the historical registry already, right? Right. Uh, that we would send the short letter to, and then we have another short list uh, of places that have been identified as potential to be on the historical registry. I do not think that list has been expanded. Right. This list, the list that we have. Okay, so I I think I get what you're saying, Liz. The, the the long letter goes to the people that are on this list. The short letter goes to the people on the official list, the actual register, correct? Right. Yay. I get it. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Reality Piper. Okay, well, that's interesting to know. Um, you know, I guess that's something to talk about in another meeting, I guess. Um, All right, if you want to wait until, if you wait want to wait until, um, there, you know, there's a more extensive survey of properties that's going to delay sending yeah, out the letter, to getting so. out the information. I agree. And yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm not, I, I did have an interest in that, but go ahead. What's your question? Uh, I have one question. I, I noticed that they don't have a number on here to contact if they have any follow-up questions or anything. Michael's going to put his home number on that. I'm just kidding. His cell phone number so people can call him anytime, day or night. With questions about the Mills Act. <laughs> yeah, I think that that part will be sort of towards the, uh, I'll talk to Liz about that, of, of who that goes to. I don't want to put anything incorrect on there right now. So uh, when we sort of finalize what the content of the letter is, well. we'll finalize who the official contact person will be. Okay. Yes, Al. Uh, yeah, are we sending it to the address of record or are we sending it, doing the research and sending it to the owner of the building? That's a good question. I would assume we would send it to the owner of the building. Okay. Okay, that makes sense because the owner is not necessarily the occupant. Yes, Jim. Uh, James, there's a red light flashing. I, I hope you haven't been pulled over. No, <laughs> I'm on the side of the road. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> yeah, be careful to zooming and zooming at the same time, as they say. Um, no, no, okay. I'm parked. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, does anyone from the public have anything they want to comment about our Millsack discussion? No raised hands. Great. So can we continue this um, after we get a closer, I mean, everybody puts in some opinions on the draft or whatever, send back their thoughts to Michael or do we send them to you, Liz, or do we send them to Michael directly? Um, I'm happy for the you to send them directly to me. That's that's quite all right. You can, uh, everyone has a draft of the letter, I believe. So I'm, I'm happy to receive all the comments and go from okay. there. Okay, I just didn't send... know about the Brown Act if we're allowed to like <laughs> email each other back and forth at, outside of meetings. Um, don't send your comments to everyone. Oh, just send them to Michael. Just send them to Michael. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, the Brown Act is very picky. Uh, that way we don't get, re you know, reply all and start yeah. a discussion between all of you. That okay. makes sense. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, so we will um, keep talking about this on our next shot. And uh, so we go to number six, J6, which is uh, updates on our continuing projects. Um, we already talked about the pending nominations. Well, I mean, unless we want to, go over that again but do, do we do you want to give us an update probably not huh there is no update on the pending nominations is there they're sort of stalled that's what we talked about earlier okay and then the plaque for uh, meekland and cherryland um that's kind of stalled as well because we don't have money to pay for the plaque well so, we're 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 working on it um yeah i mean i i agree slowly, that we are. <laughs> and, and i we had talked before that that we we think we can get money for this one plaque from uh, the planning department budget, and we did get Public Works to agree to put it in the sidewalk. Well, that's good. Um, that's it's good. Just a matter of carrying that all out. Well, thank you for asking Public Works because I know that's something we we've tossed around, but I didn't know if we actually did that yet. So right on, yay for Public Works for coming through. So my pen just died. Um, does uh, we want to talk about some trails, the proposed trails in Dallas Canyon, um, the San Lorenzo Creekway, and the Foothill Master Trail Master Plan? The, um, they got funded. Did you know that? Did you guys know that that the um, uh, I think it's the San Lorenzo Creekway that got funded, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, they got funded. Um, Seventeen million. Um, three million and nine point six million. I don't know how much that adds up to. It's Rick wrote it down for me. Um, uh, so yeah, they got something like looks like uh, twelve and seventeen is almost thirty million dollars. Wow! For the San Lorenzo Creek Trail, a Creekway uh, Trail, is that right, or is that the Foothill Trail? One of them. I, I believe it was the Creekway. Yeah. So good for them. I they, they I mean they're they just found out like couple days ago or something like that that's what he said so um, i know that uh, pardon me the the creek was separated into three parts so that 30 million is that going to part a part b part c uh across the board what part a uh, i mean i would guess uh, actually um james wheeler has his hand up if you oh go ahead yeah oh, i'd love to hear from him about us all about it yeah he's still here wow you're a sport <laughs> hi Hi. Uh, so we had 
two different grants were awarded, but they got tied together. So the first one we actually, the resolution approved was for 9 million. And then the next one, I think in like 40 days is seven is 18 million for 27 million. Uh, hard, Michael Williams wrote, the, pretty much did the grant with the large collaborative and the money goes to the county. Um, we put $3 million in bond money in on top of that. And there's a $3 million funding gap that we're hoping maybe the county ARPA, some kind of money will come through. So um, in the in the end of the day, it's about a $33 million project and that funds the whole trail seven miles from the Bay to Don Castro up wow. on Peepway. So wow. it's, it's pretty significant. We applied five times to the active transportation program through the feds and didn't get the state, didn't get funding. But the state had passed some money to MTC and MTC uh, granted us that money. So, um, you know, the money's there. There's a there's a ton of outreach to do still. You know, I'm telling I tell people every day there's I counted there's 800 homes that back that creekway. And there's a lot of concerns, but the project was put together with bicycle coalitions, school districts, county, our rangers, uh, Hayward police. There, there are four different public safety groups that have been involved. Um, pretty well thought out, but you know, it's literally a NIMBY type project because it's literally in people's backyards. So uh, it's not, it's not a done deal. The funding secure, but there's going to be a little, a lot of process to make sure that we can do this with everybody's, all the stakeholders, you know, getting what they need to feel comfortable with this happening. So, so just out of curiosity, what what are the chances that this kind of project has so much blowback from these citizens? Like, for example, our historic stuff has done in the past um, that it ends up chewing up a bunch of your funding without actually getting anything done because you spend all your time, you know, paying for public hearings to listen to the, the valid concerns of the public. And I mean, is there a real chance with the, how controversial this project is that, that the funding will start disappearing before you guys can get started on the project? We've had a lot of public meetings on this project already, and we've heard from a lot of our opponents and we received petitions uh, I, I don't know, you know, I, a public, the, these public outreach and public meetings don't cost us a whole lot. There's oh, that's good. about 33 million on the table. So, I mean, I, I anticipate people will be upset. I, you know, I, I don't know if this is on, I, I'm happy to talk to you about it sometime. You know, my feeling is, uh, you know, you can please some of the people, <laughs> you know, and that well, saying that goes on and it's kind of true. And Sometimes um, in my experience in San Francisco and Oakland and Vallejo, you know, sometimes we do a project for the good of the community and some people will never think it's a good idea. And, and you can't, you just can't have everyone happy, but this, this grant, these grants were successful and were the fourth rated in the Bay area and got a, got like the second most money because um, it's in under-resourced and marginalized community and densely populated community, and it's a greenhouse emissions lowering and climate change. And those were two of the largest factors and nothing like a seven mile bike trail to, to help you do that. And when you think about it, like I worked in San Ramon when the Iron Horse Trail went down there. Um, there is a lot of east to uh, north to south railway trails and greenway trails. There's not a lot of east to west. Yeah, This thing goes east to west. And when when we're done with all the Caltrans parcel development with the city, we continue to meet on those parcels and what becomes parks and the trail improvements that come to hard that 
that foothill trail will run from Union City to Castro Valley and it'll hit this trail. So now you're talking, you know, really starting to cross up some some bike routes and ways to get people out of cars. And so um, it's exciting. But, uh, uh, you know, Commissioner McKnight, it, it's it's nowhere near done. I, <laughs> but I, I, I don't but I don't see it. I don't really happening. see it getting unrailed. I'm more positive in that there's yeah. too many people and too many organizations and too much good. And I think the concerns of the people who live on the creek can be mitigated. And you know, one of the number one things, if you read anything from Crompton down at Texas A&M, activation of spaces increases safety and reduces vandalism and crime. And so you might think having people be able to ride their bike behind your house is a problem, but actually it gets the problem people that are back there now anyway out. So Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that insight. Do you have something to add, Jim? A uh, couple of questions, uh, if I may. Um, how does this affect Ruby Street? And, um, you know, um, will, will we be involved since we have been pulled by county, so it's county different... money and a county project and you're a county commission. Okay. And then, um, just, uh, props to you because, you know, one of my friends lives right behind it, uh, and watched a lot of water flow by, um, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, he's an avid biker. And um, I think there is a lot of um, positive um, energy around the idea of an east-west um, path for bike bicyclists, for pedestrians. You're right. All the, all the trails seem to follow the hills north-south. So this is, this is really big. And, and, and that mm -hmm. Ruby Street staging area, um, and what we want to do and, you know, our involvement in that, um, I think is significant and we want to continue, um, uh, our significant input on that. So, um, well, you know, thanks for what you've done. We've acquired over $25 million in properties in the unincorporated County for new parks in park dense neighborhoods. We've received, uh, including this money, we've received over $50 million in grants that's leveraged with our pro, uh, measure F1 $250 million bond. Um, we're, we're building them as quick as we can. We're listening to people and we're doing it responsibly. So oh, isn't there, we live hard. <laughs> Don't you have some property? I have a quick or, question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, but let me ask this about the property around Banchero's mission. And, and we, we um, bought the corner. We bought the former Coca-Cola bottling plant at Mission and Maddox about a year and a half ago. Right. And we're looking at preliminary interim use designs for that property at this time. Okay, so it's still understood. We, we, we tore the building down. We left, if you notice, we left all the slabs. Interim use ideas at this time are um, pickleball, futsal, roller skating, and skateboarding, because those are popular in bicycles. Those would be the four primary uses and why we left that site in a flat condition where it won't take as much to develop those features. There'd be picnic area, place for food trucks, community gathering, but... Um, that's that's just some of the initial ideas that have been down there. We have some very preliminary sketches that we that we'll take to our uh, capital and planning uh, standing committee at some time, and then our board to look at. We'll probably do a study session. I'm sure we'll have some some public meetings about it. But right now, we're just trying to figure out like what we would show the world if we developed that. But it will be. A, it is a park. It's 2.4 acres of land we bought, and then down the street, 166th and 14th. 
We swapped the land that the Cherry Land Community Center sits on for the corner of 166th and East 14th. That, that property is uh, commonly been known as Ashland Commons. $7 million grant obtained by the Trust for Public Land to save us bond money. So we're uh, developing that in partnership. You go down a little further to the former Club Du site, just past Reach. We bought property on the Mateo Street side and the East 14th side. That's a four acre park that's going to be developed right next to RCD 79 units with the 12,000 square foot community center that we paid for in the bottom of that project. Um, so we, we've picked up a lot of a lot of property and momentum down there. And of course, the Cherryland, thanks to the county, you know, we're operating the Cherryland Community Center. So there's there's a lot being going on in the most densely populated. Our next efforts um, are without saying too much about it because it's not even really there is a we're trying to find more park space in South uh, South Castro Valley on the south side of 580, where um, that's our last area. So we started doing mark magnet circles, and we are very, very close to having a park within a 10 minute walk of everybody's home in our 100 square mile district. So mm. we're, we're getting we're getting closer to our plans. And so thank you. And I, James, uh, thank you for letting me ask that. My question was, with the erosion of the San Lorenzo Creek and all the waters that came through, are you preparing to revise the uh, plans that you had for the trail or yeah. for future rains like this that might destroy the trail that you build? Uh, uh, there there's, plans set, there's, for there's setbacks from the creek that we can't build into, so we feel there's plenty of room. I think the Japanese garden was built before we have some creek destabilization near one of the pagodas there. That's been FEMA funded to repair, so we're working on repairs. We went down and looked. We actually I actually sent someone down there in the worst of the sliding and mud and everything else and um, looked at the creek, and that creek bank did very well, even though it's got a whole S-turn through that property. So um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to build. The, the only stabilization you can do is, you know, um, mit mitigation and rehabilitation. You could plant on the sides of those banks and stuff and hope that that's going to help but um you know it's a natural creek way it's not cemented like the rest of it and there'll be there'll be mandatory setbacks and part of what we're going through right now is with poor engineers and the um state to figure out like what that would look like we're not we're not close to that yet we're still working on uh the property and putting the projects into a hopper where we can get staff time to paid to work on it right because if it's not assigned a project and open as a capital improvement we you know, we, we don't really fund it out of the bond or anywhere. So we're working on that right now. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're awesome. Thank you so much for giving us such a thorough update of what's going on at HARD. I encourage all of our commissioners to, in between meetings, at least once in between meetings, to go to HARD's website and check out all the stuff they've got going on because they're the like lifeblood of parks and recs in our, in our jurisdiction. And it's so amazingly awesome, all the stuff they're doing. I you know, thank you so much for the update. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Um, does anybody else from, uh, I don't know, want to talk about the other trail or anything? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, we do have our miscellaneous open projects or continued business or old business. The Lorenzo Theater Restoration, which is kind of, they're focusing on the inside now, right? Yeah. Not yes, so much that's, that's continuing. Yeah. And then um, the bridge project. Do you know anything more about that, Al, in uh, Highway uh, Route 84? With Caltrans, you're on mute, by the way. 
I'm still working on uh, figuring out how to get the plaques. I've uh, found a repository mm -hmm. for the plaques on the bridge. If I ever find, if I ever get them, and that'll be uh, the uh, Washington Township Historical Museum and uh, 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 here in Fremont. So they've already said that they'll accept those plaques. So we'll have a repository for them. All I got to do is find the right person to talk to at Caltrans to get the plaques off the bridges. Great. The bridge is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, that's, that sounds good. It sounds like you're steps in the right direction. Um, I just wanted to mention, did, did people get invited to the um, uh, opening for the Hesperian Thruway? Uh, because that also includes the Lorenzo Theater that that that. I mean, Hesperian has just been transformed, and I know that the uh, Lorenzo um, Theater is is sort of part and parcel to that. Did people get invited um, to that? I didn't. Okay. I mean, it doesn't mean other people didn't, but I didn't. <laughs> okay. There's um, there's a grand opening uh, ribbon cutting ceremony this Saturday. Okay. So, I think that. What that time? Needs, pardon me. I'll, you know what, James, I'll send you the I'll send you the email it was from uh, uh, our our local uh, supervisors um, chairperson thing uh, Boaz I think does that make well well <laughs> whatever anyways I'll, but I'll send Thank it to you, you yeah well and then um the log cabin um. Carlos B. We're keeping that on our agenda because it's a love project of James's. <laughs> that is on our agenda because you're keeping an eye on that, right? Aren't you, James? Or is that something Linda's? Yeah. Doing? Uh, I thought James. Okay. So, um, well, good. Then, do you have any any updates on it? No, it's just want it to be on the no, agenda. No, not nothing yet. Nothing yet, but you still want it on the agenda. Yeah. The, okay. James Wheeler has his hand up again. Oh, okay. <laughs> More information. Great. That's wonderful. I'm going to get this thing. Uh, another one of the properties we have the pleasure of managing. So that that cabin, as little as two, well, about a year and a half ago, we went through and we fire pruned up that whole park. And I thought we were going to get run out of town. Um but if you go back there now, it was actually a good job of pruning. It's very fire safe and it looks good. It didn't, it looked a little devastated at first, but so did my cabin in Lassen when they view logged it. Um, but it looked, it looks better now that uh, when we went back in there and started pulling back the layers that that was a caretaker had lived there for a while was a caretaker's cabin. He's no longer with the district. We put him out. We actually went down to that cabin the first time I looked at it and thought it'd be a great place for some kind of, um, nature or indigenous people's education camp, some kind of purpose by the creek. It's got place for some tables. It's a viable building. Um, we do have some uh, Ohlone artifacts and things that we don't know really where to house. Um, so there's a lot of possibility for that. I saw this on your agenda before. I see it on your agenda now. And if there's anybody on this commission that would like to get a hold of me and have a conversation about like your vision or what you see with that and why it's important to you. I'm happy to entertain that. That's quite a generous offer. Thank you so much. I think, yeah. I think I know exactly who's going to be giving you a call. <laughs> That's going to be James. Huh? <laughs> I think that'll be great. That's wonderful. What a great opportunity. Sounds good. 
And um, Linda's little interesting interest project about the, the skate, oh, yes. or skate yeah. space for kids. Yeah, I just saw some, else. I saw some notes from, I think, I think it's in Ann Maris's email that the, that uh, the site belongs to the Castro Valley School District. School District. Yep, it, it does. Yeah, well, so sort of shared. Go ahead, James. Wilson. Yeah, so Wheeler wants to speak again. <laughs> yeah, can you can you make a comment? Like I said, a, long, a few months ago, several months ago, um, there were some uh, young people in Castro Valley who were complaining about how small the um, skateboard ramp is at Adobe Park. And um, so I, I contacted someone at your agency who um, said they hadn't heard anything. And um, so I was trying to, to look into it. And then- You know who you spoke with and when you contacted them? I'd like to know that because that's pretty unheard of answer from our side. That they, um, we talk about that park all the time. I got an email about the, um, the nefarious activities taking place by the teens and and uh, fights and things happening there. We have a lot of vandalism there now. It's a hard part. It's a it's a very hard part to manage. No pun intended, mm -hmm. um, because it's uh, it's small. It's right in the mm -hmm. middle of town. There's not a lot close to it. Uh, I guess you could call what's there as a skate park. I, I don't really think. I'm not sure it qualifies as a skate, skate park. Skate ramp, I would say. Well, there's a ramp and a bar. It, it's technically it's called a skate park, but I'm mm -hmm. being facetious. It's not really a skate park. Right. Right. Um, we have a lot of trouble with with vandalism back at the Adobe cars, classes, programs. Um, we we're trying to get our rangers out there more right now. And we've also mm -hmm. been in contact with the county sheriffs to try to get them to get by there more in the afternoon and evening. Uh, I have stopped personally at that skate park three different times in my hard vehicle, gotten out, talked to kids, handed them my business card, mm -hmm. said, if you'd like to do something here, let me know. I know there was a petition that circulated with about 600 signatures. Mm -hmm. And when I went online to try to figure out who to contact, how to sign it, what to do, whatever, I had no luck in finding the person with the impetus behind it. My mm -hmm. suggestion to anybody that you come across who says, we'd like to do something with a skate park there that's an actual skater, um, you, you can send them my way and I will speak to them personally. I have a file folder right here on my desk that's called Bikes and Skateboards. And mm -hmm. it's about the bike park I'm trying to build at La Vista Park in Hayward. It's about the pump track we're building at Tennyson. And it's about the renovation of skate park at Tennyson and then trying to do something for skaters in Castro Valley. I just, you know, I need I need these people who I hear mm -hmm. would like to have a skate park there come and actually find us. Okay. You know, so the property belongs to the school district. Okay. The Adobe belongs to the school district. It's part of our lease agreement. We operate that park. Um, we used to, we, you know, the, our relationship with Castro Valley Unified School District changed a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, they took the swim center that we had operated for years and did a million right. and a half dollars in improvements back. They uh, went the pottery, into the, pottery class. the art classes are gone too. They went to the Adobe studio. Well, they're not gone. They closed down for the pandemic. We're actually doing classes there right now. Mm -hmm. The The art gallery they took back. And so Art Inc., had to start doing it on their own because we couldn't help them anymore because it was now mm -hmm. Castro Valley. So that was kind of a debacle. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no rental fees for us to use the Adobe, but we, we pay a care and maintenance fee, which mm -hmm. is exactly how much revenue we generated from classes that didn't even include like paying for staff and materials. Mm -hmm. So there's, 
it's um it's a it's kind of a tough part for us right now we'd like to find some solutions and we're trying to just clean it up but if you know anybody who's actually interested in really talking about navigating for a skate park you can send them my way do you have the names of the, the and i'll talk the to them personally okay do, where where does that petition exist i have no idea anymore i'm not going to lie to you we have 125 parks 100 square miles serving 300,000 people and i spent a day or so trying to go down that rabbit hole and got nowhere and so uh, I, I basically hit the ball back over the net right now and I'll, and I'm waiting and, and willing to have those discussions, yeah. but we don't really have the staff to chase down that while we have 23 capital projects going on across the district right now. Okay. From the bond. Yeah. I guess the issue there really isn't, there really is very little in Castor Valley for young people to do as far as parks. There's parks for little kids and there's open space parks at Lake Chabot, but there's not a lot for teens. So um, um, I hear that a lot. If you'd like to send me an email with your ideas for teen programs, I'd happy to entertain them. We hear that from everybody. We we just put on some more teen programs across the district. We're hearing it from the Youth Commission. We put our first teen, uh, teen events supplement together. I think this week we're getting ready to release for actual series of events for youth. So we hear that and we understand that. Um, you know, a capital pro project to improve for them is a little tougher than a program. But like I said, we're happy to talk to them and we've actually tried, so. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much again. Thank you so very much. Yeah, your input is very Same old shit. There's nothing for kids to do. <laughs> Killing me. Yeah. I, I think, that, I think outdoor sports, yeah. I mean, kids in Castor Valley aren't, unfortunately aren't gonna go down to Ashland to probably skateboard, I don't know. But um, yeah, there is a, there is a, uh, there's not a lot of outdoor uh, park stuff for, for kids in, in this town. It's hard to say that because I mean, they've got the Ridge, they've got, I don't know. I mean, I guess they've got the Castro Community Center. They've got, I mean, there's a lot of things, the places to go. So to we did not receive ARPA funding. I think the county got 256 million and the city got 38 million and we vied for $1 million with 3,200 special districts mm -hmm. and we got a million bucks. Yeah. We gave back four and a half million dollars. Um, so ARPA wasn't good to us and the, and the feds and the state didn't fund special districts. We took 500,000 of that money. We are, we are in the process of buying two vans, two trailers. We have 14 mountain bikes, 12 kayaks, and we're going to buy $10,000 worth of camping gear and we're moving into outdoor programming. So, um, you know, it's, I've been, I've been general manager for two years and here for four. And um, I think there's been significant changes in that short amount of time. And we just look forward to doing more. And, and it's very obvious what we, what we don't do and what we could provide. So we're working on it. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I, as I said here, I even thought of more places that they could go. They can go swimming at Don Castro. They can go play tennis at Club Canyon. They can do all sorts of fun things. There's tons of things for teenagers. They don't to want do. to. They just don't want to. <laughs> That's the problem. I think, I think, they want, want I think a lot of them want to skateboard, but whatever. That's yeah, a lot of them like to skateboard. That's true. I, mean, I, I feel you. I feel you that. So anyway. Um, Castro Valley. We're <laughs> okay. So. Um, the would anyone else like to say anything from the public about any of our updates on our continuing projects that we've been discussing? There are no raised hands. 
Okay, great. Well, then how about we move on to our commission announcements and our comments and reports? And we, do we want to do it alphabetically by first name? <laughs> Starting with Al? <laughs> I'll take I don't know, that'd be tough because there's like three Jameses here or two Jameses here. Uh, I'll, I'll report uh, that in uh, Fremont, we've got uh, several uh, buildings, uh, historic buildings and sites that are going to do uh, a thing called Open Doors with California Preservation Foundation. Uh, California Preservation Foundation has been active in California for many, many years, uh, well over 30 years. And this because of COVID, they've changed their format a little bit. And so now they're doing what they call uh, open doors and historical sites. Uh, you can register and, and go through these historical sites and you get them promoted statewide uh, through the California Preservation Foundation. And, and we're doing that for uh, the Shin House and uh, Higuera Adobe, possibly the Patterson House uh, and possibly Niles Canyon Railway. So we've got several sites in Fremont that are possibly going to be uh, some definitely and some possibly getting uh, notification. They did it last year and we had a, a really good turnout for all the people and the registration is coming, deadline is coming up early in February. So if you want to do it, uh, contact me or California Preservation Foundation and then give you the paperwork. Right. Thank you. That's great. Um, I don't know. I, I... I guess that makes James next. <laughs> Do you have any uh, updates or comments or anything else you want to add, James? No. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad you made it, you know, even if you had to pull over to do it. It's nice that you made it to the meeting. How about you, Jim? Do you have anything you want to? I, I want to repeat that the ribbon cutting for the Hesperian Boulevard uh, Corridor Improvement Project uh, is this Saturday uh, from one to three. And uh, Lena Tam will be speaking and honoring uh, Wilma Chan at that. It's at the corner of Hesperian and Paseo Grande in San Lorenzo. So that's why I was mentioning the uh, Lorenzo Theater. Um, also, just as a citizen of uh, San Leandro, I'm just keeping tabs on Lake Chabot Road. Um, it's reopening and also the East Bay Mud Project uh, uh, that um, uh, East Bay Mud is proposing to um, transport uh, clean landfill into the old uh, uh, quarry uh, area uh, so that they can um, uh, uh, essentially create a park. Uh, there's there's lots of pros and cons um, going on, lots of uh, city and civic feedback, um, but uh, those are the things that are going on in my neck of the woods. Okay, great. Um, and I guess Linda. Um, yeah, so uh, just from, from our end, uh, Castro Valley, there's a lot of opposition uh, concern about uh, the dump trucks uh, proposed uh, on Lake Chabot Road once it's repaired. Um, they're talking about 60 to 100 dump trucks a day for the next 40 to 80 years on Lake Chabot Road, two lane road. Uh, that is one of the uh, very lovely uh, areas to go between Castro Valley and San Leandro or back from Castro Valley um, by Lake Chabot down to 
uh, Estadillo and the 580 freeway. Um, and a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the letters in the Castro Valley Forum are concerned that um, having all these dump trucks is gonna prevent people from accessing Lake Chabot Park, which is off Lake Chabot Road in San Leandro, um, <clears throat> kind of just below uh, where it meets the dam in, at Lake Chabot. So that's, a, that's kind of a big issue, um, whether or not <clears throat> access to that park will be hampered by uh, this East Bay mud project with all these dump trucks for the next 40 to 80 years. Um, yeah. Second thing is just really quickly, um, again, the article about the last tank house in, in Castro Valley um, at 2850 Grove Way. Um, apparently that uh, is something that could be on the agenda unless it has already been slated for demolition. And I don't, and that's not clear. I think there was a recommendation that it be um, that it be demolished, uh, but apparently it's quite historic as well. So I uh, would like to put that on the agenda for the next meeting. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a smart idea. Is that doable, Liz? Yes. Okay, thank you. And um, I think I sent everybody the article from Rick Kelly. I don't know if you got it, but um, that's kind of the history of the property. Okay, thank you. Michael, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, all is quiet in District 5. <laughs> Sweet, kind of like the Western Front. And of course, from me, I, um, I did have something to add, but I forgot to bring it. So I will, I'll talk about it next meeting. Um, yeah, I'll talk about it next meeting because I forgot to bring it today. And, and yeah, that was done with me. But anyway, um, Liz, do you have any final closing thoughts before we address our administrative items? I don't. No. Okay. Then Piper, I I think um, it would be wise to take for for now take the Mount Cavalry Cavalry Cemetery off the the agenda. I think there's okay. enough on the agenda with the Pioneer Cemetery, and um, I think this can just yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Is if you still wanted that to be on the agenda for March? Um, yeah. Okay. So, so let's remove that, and we will add it. Uh, circle back, as they say. Sounds good. Thank you. See if there's a future date that fits more better in your your schedule and okay. we'll, we'll do that and um did we have sort of like a if somebody ever talks to somebody from east bay regional that we're going to ask them if they wanted to come to one of our meetings was that you linda that said that you were going to do that i don't said, know that i said that but i could i do, you uh, do talk to, i can you ask talk to dennis every now and then again yeah maybe, maybe ask him if how he would feel about maybe sometimes showing up at a meeting and saying, I mean, not necessarily showing up in person. To talk about parks at what, what they that were- The East Bay Regional is doing, interfacing with, you know, our jurisdictional, okay. you know, space. Right yeah, whatever yeah, that means. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a long presentation, just sort of like, yeah, this is kind of what we're doing. I mean, weren't you trying to figure out, like when, I remember you were trying to figure out like what was going on with Cold Canyons. Um, right. Isn't that their their space, the East Bay Regional space? And this, yes. Yeah, so I kind of like to know kind of where they're at with those things. Um, yes. And then, of course, my my question about GSA. Yeah, I, I think that it's wise that you guys don't let me talk to them. <laughs> yeah, but so has Liz, by any chance, have you gotten to find out if somebody from GSA will come give us an update since the last time they were here? I have not. I can 
try for the next meeting or maybe the meeting after? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just put a feeler out there and see if there there's anybody's interested in coming and giving us a 10, 10 minute presentation or something. I mean, no, they, no, I mean, they don't have to come. They just have to show up on Zoom or whatever. They they did make a presentation, I want to say a couple of years ago. Yeah. The, the agency director. Yeah, I remember. Came and I, I can see if they can come back for an update. Yeah, because what I would love to have, and I know that you probably don't have the time for this, and this, you know, is kind of a big ask, but what I would love to have is a list of the, where our properties intersect with theirs, like how, they, like too many of the, the, the properties that that we had brought to our attention on our commission in the last couple of years ended up being properties that were owned, managed, whatever, supposed to be maintained by GSA. And I've been perpetually curious about what other properties may or may not be in under their control that we maybe should be looking at so that it, things don't get to the point where they have to demolish things that we consider to be valuable. Anyway, so I don't know the best way to go about getting a list of like, well, if GSA owns all the property for the county then, or manages all the county owned properties, do we have, is there just a master list of county, county owned properties? Because maybe I would be willing to go out and do the footwork just, there can't be that many of them, 100, 500, I don't know. But I would be willing to go out and do some footwork to see like what all of those resources are looking like that they've been tasked to, to maintain. Um, sort of a like little, um, friendly audit, shall we say. I don't know. I don't know how to describe how, what I want to do, but I need to know somewhere to start to go look. And I don't know. Do, do you know that? If, I guess I've never been to the GSA website. Maybe they do maintain a list that's available to the public. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Anyway, those are my thoughts about the GSA. Find out if somebody wants to come talk to us at some point. I know it's been a couple of years. We're due for an update. And, um, and if you have any ideas about where I might be able to find a list of properties that they maintain or have some sort of contract with, you know, to maintain that we consider to cross link with our list of resources, our little handy dandy list that we've got. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to do that. In fact, I already did some preliminary work on how to, um, on who owns, who owns what. Uh, I, I think we addressed that like oh, six months ago. But yeah, that the nexus of those two things, I think would be an interesting discovery. But anyway, so sounds like we've got um, our work cut out for us and our next meeting is going to be great, right? Right? Come on, people. This isn't even an action <laughs> yep. item. You just say, hey, I, I, yeah, yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be on Winton. It's going to be on Winton. Yay! We're going to be back in Hayward, big old H-Town. Okay, well then, um, thank you guys all for attending. I appreciate all of your efforts as usual and for allowing me to be here with you. Very nice of y'all. Thanks, Liz, for rocking this party like you always do. <laughs> Without you, we seriously couldn't. We love you. So, end of meeting. Adjourned. Thanks, Piper. Thank you.